this is Shane O'Keefe and this is Scoreline Extra. On today's show, we will be talking all things Carlo GEA on the inter-county scene and, of course, the club championship, which just got underway. We'll also be talking soccer with Tullerone's Joe Webster, wrestling with JB of Fight Factory Pro Wrestling, but there's only one real place to start, and that is with the post-match reaction from Kilkenny's victory over Tipperary in the Glen Dimplex All-Ireland Championship Series. Now has them into a quarter-final against Cork on the same day Kilkenny play Clare. Here's Brian Dowling. Brian Dowling, what a belter of a game. Last round game between yourself and Tipperary here in Owen Park, ending up in a draw, 2 8, 1 11. What's your overall thoughts before we go into the draw next weekend? Um, look, sure, disappointed we didn't get the victory as well as we came here to get it. I thought we did some lovely hurling, but we dropped off and didn't hurl well then for patches. Um, you know, look, a lot of frustration there. I suppose a lot of decisions made. Won't be happy with it all. Um, but look, we have to look at ourselves as well. We probably didn't score enough there. Two eight won't be a great score, and we have to improve hugely for next weekend. You seem to be very nervous in the first half. Little pickups that was coming for you last weekend weren't coming into the hand first time this week against Tipperary. An early goal for Tipperary as well coming from a mistake. Any particular reason? Like, can you put your fingers on it straight away, or was it just a bit of nervousness knowing that a result was required to get into the knockout stages next no, weekend? I don't think it's anything like that at all. To be honest, um, look, mistakes happen. This was a very intense game, so Tip probably made mistakes like we did. And look, we gave a, a, a sloppy goal away at the start, but in fairness, the girls reacted well, and we got, you know, we came back well, and we got ahead. And then we just dropped off. Um, we seem to have these lulls in the game. I don't know why it's happening. Um, you know, Denise was flying it inside, and the ball stopped going in there. And second half again, we just didn't come out. Uh, all guns blazing so it was very disappointing so um, but look in fairness our backs were to the wall there and we think we're three or four down we turned around we got we got a draw with anyway and we're still in the championship Going in at half time having got the two goals as well Denise getting one of them Eva Prendergast getting the other one you must have been happy enough going in at half time in the lead yeah, I was happy to leave, but I, I thought I suppose after the goal we didn't push on at all. You know, we had a couple of chances to, to go ahead, but we didn't do that, so that was disappointing. And you know, I thought we could have got four or five points up maybe at half time instead of one, so that was disappointing. And start of the second half wasn't great either. But um, look again, we just have to look back at where we went wrong and try and improve for next weekend quickly. Is there a couple of times when you get to that latter third that you're not cynical enough to be putting teams away and maybe taking a better chance if there's someone on the outside of giving them a small little pop pass and taking the chances? Do you find that when you're Coming into the games in the latter stages, especially in the final third, I don't know. Like we didn't score enough. Two eight is a very poor score. You know, if you tell me this morning that tip to score one eleven, I'd been very happy. But uh, only score two eight is very disappointing from our point. So look, I, I, I don't know whether it was the wrong decision or just the ball went wide. You know, there's some strikes of the ball there. I suppose went right or left to the post and should be going over the bar. You know, at this level, and you know, they didn't go over. So that's something we have to rectify quickly. Now, come here to me. It's not a loss, so it is another draw, and you're in the quarterfinal stages now. Next weekend, the draw has just been done by the president of the Camogie Association you're drawing against Cork next weekend in the quarterfinal not going to be an easy game for anybody either but the fact that it's on in front of the hurlers to have that support for the people to go out and support the girls as well and get a big support in Dublin is certainly going to be vital but what do you make of the draw first of all? It should look as a massive massive match now at a quarterfinal stage I suppose look we expected it we, we said ourselves we'd probably get Cork um, look you could have won today and you could still got Cork so that's just the way it is um, we just have to take who we get you know Cork are a brilliant team today 
a massive win today, so I'm sure their confidence going high into that game. But um, look at Roper Crow Park, anything to go up there is great. And look, we're disappointed today, but we have to get over that quickly and move on to next week now. It is important, though, as well, not to kind of split them, that the Camogie players are in front of the hurlers as well to make a day out of it for all the supporters, that they're not splitting their loyalties to either the Camogie women or to the men's hurlers. Yeah, look, and, and hopefully that it's good that it's on the same day as the hurlers. And please God, we'll get a big support from Kilkenny. These girls need it. And, you know, we really lo- you know, love the support we got last year for the All-Ireland final and for the homecoming and stuff like that but we need everybody here now on Saturday, Sunday driving us on not coming in for the for the second half but just being there from the start and supporting these girls like the effort they put in it's just unbelievable Set of them in there again you know I can't ever question their character whatever happens in that pitch they stay fighting to the last minute and you know we could easily won that game I know we could have lost it as well but they were fighting right to the end and that's what they always do and look hopefully we'll get a big support from Kenny next weekend You've said it to us in previous interviews as well that you'd rather have it week in week out for games that you felt that you were doing an awful lot of training recently as well is it good then that you have a quarter final next weekend I'll tell you that after next Sunday I suppose <laughs> um, we're still in the championship but look uh, you know again if you win your quarter final I think it's brilliant you know but obviously the more matches you have the more chance you can lose but look we're still unbeaten we haven't lost since Cork in 2021 in championship that's a long time and look these girls stay fighting to the end and that's what we have to stay doing and that's what we'll be doing next, um, next Sunday and we know we have to improve we have to get better because Cork are a serious team and you know they give us a nice little trim here in the league so um, we have to try look at that again and, and, and try to get things right and we haven't got much time now to lick our runes after today so we have to just get the head down and drive it on That was my last question eight days now to the quarter final any major injury concerns apart from the girls that's out already everyone come away with a clean build of health after today's game you know, I think there's a few knocks and bruises but it's not major and no one came off with an injury so that's always good so look again we'll, um, I think everyone has a clean build of health Nicola Dr Martin will have him in good shape on here for Sunday week Brian thanks a million and best of luck next week okay, thanks lads Clear feeling, you're just after finishing your last group game against Tipperary. Cracking game, to be fair, to all the supporters that was here really enjoyed it. A draw, it's not a, it's not a loss. You're still in the championship. What did you make of the result overall? Um, yeah, like you said, it's not a loss. And I think we performed. Obviously, there was, I don't know what it was, a 20-minute spell there where we didn't score. And we have to try sort that out, I suppose. But other than that I think we hurled well um, there were no goals went in as a back view of it I suppose we defended well and everyone worked hard but um, look the result was a draw we, we still haven't been beaten I suppose in the championship so we're happy enough you recovered really well from an early goal from Tipperary shook the ground maybe a little bit maybe came a, a bit of a shock because you were going so well was the sun a factor down on the pitch for the players because we could see particularly Aoife when she was having a look up at the ball it seemed to be distracting of where the ball was how bad of a factor or how much was the sun affecting your vision yeah it was in the first half we were facing it anyway it was definitely tricky um, as a goalie as I'd imagine you know very tricky to read where the ball was going but um we can't make excuses I suppose that's going to be the situation there'll be different weather any day so look it was just an unlucky kind of break I suppose if it blocked and it broke, broke wrong but we'll just like you said we recovered and we, we pushed on from it so um, that was a good sign You did and you got two very good goals and two quick goals as well to go into the break in the lead there might have been a bit of confusion at half time over the score but you were leading at half time by the point and Tipperary just started the second half really well as well they just came at you but you hung in you kept on and you got the draw in the end but you're a bit disappointed maybe you didn't push on a small little bit towards the final third in that game 
Yeah, like I said, we just seem to have a lull there kind of towards the end of the first half and the start of the second half as well where we weren't scoring and we need to try sort that out, I suppose. But um, like you said, we went three, maybe four points down, I'm not sure, and we hung in there and clawed it back. Um, there could have been a few calls. I think that should have maybe went our way, but look, that's the way it goes. It's going to be different every day. Um, so we got the draw anyway. We're still in it. We're out next weekend, so we'll just look forward to that. What do you make of the draw? Cork again in the quarterfinal in Crow Park next Sunday? Yeah, I only just heard it as I was leaving the dressing room there. But sure, look, it doesn't really matter who we get at this stage. It's going to be a tough one. Great that the games are in Crow Park and before the hurling. Um, great for Camogie. So we'll just. Is that actually important as well to have that support for? from the people of Kilkenny that they don't have to split themselves either the Saturday or the Sunday go early and get the two games in how important will support be against Cork and Crow Park uh, definitely yeah look it's brilliant to, to have the hurlers on after it's a brilliant occasion and without a doubt Kilkenny supporters are always great there was a great crowd here today for the game so no doubt they will go that bit earlier and get up and support us and look it's always like an extra person on the team I suppose having a crowd there a Kilkenny crowd so hopefully we can do the business and just um, bring a performance for next day. Well, well done on a cracker this evening and best of luck next weekend Thanks in the quarterfinal. Thank you. Dennis Kelly, Tipperary manager. Cracking game here in Nolan Park in the last round of the senior championship. Draw game 2 8 to 111. What did you make of the match? It was the opening of a game, really. You know, it was it was hard uh, hurt stopping stuff, really. Uh, but we knew that coming down here to Kilkenny that we knew it would be no different. You know, they're a fabulous side. They haven't won all Ireland's for no reason. So, you know, we knew that was going to happen. But, uh, you know, there was a period in the second half there where there was no score. But uh, the entertainment, I'd say, was enthralling, you know, and, and that's what you want in, in this championship. Lucky enough, we just got the draw uh, and I think the, the, the draw for the quarterfinals has been has uh, has uh, been more favourable but that's the way it goes you know it's still it's going to be a tough test now uh, coming out again in the week's time The intensity for both teams you could really tell that it was a championship affair both teams bring out the best in one another when they play one another as well and you could see that nobody really wanted to lose that game out there today you know, It was off the charts really I suppose two teams were as good as gone through but at the same time no one wanted to give an inch and that's what you want in championship you know we had two um, easier wins earlier on in the championship but we knew that today was going to be a real test of us and you know that's what, what it proved to be and, and you know that's what you want you want to test yourself against the best and Kilkenny are the best and they're still the best and they're, you know while we drew it wasn't a win for us so we can't get carried away with ourselves and we have a quick turnaround now you know facing in I think it's Tantrum I haven't f- officially heard the, the draw yet but next weekend and I think Kilkenny have Cork so that's a tough one as well but you know we'll have to just get, get our bodies ready now and get, get ready to go again You topped the group there was three teams put into it and unfortunately group two was the unlucky one to come out of the quarter final, I suppose, and you're right, it was against Antrim as well. So, what do you make of the next day? As you say, quick turnaround, but it is going to be in Crow Park as well. So, it's great for Tipperary and Antrim to be able to play there on a Saturday and in front of a hurling game as well to make it a bit more special. Yeah, exactly. Look, at any time you play in Crow Park, it's special, and you know, the girls will enjoy that. But at the same time, you, you take a week off as well as quick because, uh, you know, this is going to be this is getting to the serious end of the championship now. And, you know, one knock here or there can rule a girl out. So, it is a dangerous time, but at the same time, look, it's great to be still in the championship and driving forward Where do you see yourselves at the minute because you are monster champions as well had a good campaign in it did fairly well in the league as well so where do you see your progression this year in the championship so far we're happy with our progression we're happy to top the group that was the aim but I suppose you know, there's no point in topping the group and then falling flat after that so we really need to refocus the, the minds now and you know set our, our, our target then on, ne- on Antrim next Saturday and we can't look past that really Dennis Kelly thanks a million thanks very much 
You're very welcome back to Scoreline. Now, joining me on the line is the chairperson of Carlow GEA, Mr. Jim Bulger. Jim, how are you doing, sir? Good, thanks. Good, thanks, Shane. Uh, times are good. The club championship on the hurling side of things are in full flow, and the club championship on the football side of things, the draw had been made during the week, so things are looking yeah. great, great on the club side of things. Yeah, all hurling now until the end of August, and uh, we, we kick off with football then. So we were hoping for two very good championships, and there's a lot of interest, and things are going well on that front. So we're busy time for us. Yeah, very interesting draw on the senior club side of things as well, in regards to the group two in particular. The last four winners, some would say, the last uh, last nineteens right. are all been drawn against each other. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll get the crowd in soon, early for that one. There's, there's some intriguing battles on the way. It could be. It could be uh, group of death as we're calling it you know so <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how it pans out but uh, but look it's, it's hard to call any of them you know whoever gets the run of the ball and whoever you know just uh, there won't be much between any of those teams you'd imagine you know so it'll, it'll uh, it should be very entertaining and, and enjoyable for all of us yeah, we're looking forward to it here on KCLR and we've been looking forward to it because of the great sentiment that has come from the Chelsea Cup runs and the Joe McDonough Cup runs and we've talked to the likes of James Doyle from St Mullins and Jim McBurn from Mount Leinster Rangers and friendships have to be put aside as rivalries once again begin so no doubt we're going to yeah. be in for a very tasty one on both sides of things. Yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, we're, we're after having a great few months there, you know, winning the McDonald and getting a good run in the Talton. So there's a great buzz around the place. And uh, as ever, and, and by the lads would have to know each other coming up along uh, from juvenile ranks right through. And they're great buddies then when it comes to donning the county jersey. But, you know, once championship starts and, you know, for that hour or hour plus, you have to, to put all that to one side and do your best for your club, and that's the nature of it. But that's the, you know players understand that, and that's what they've been doing for a long time. So it's not a it's not a problem, and everyone wants to win a championship. And you know, it, particularly now because you know the, the where hurling is now in Carlo, it's a, it just adds that little bit more value to a county championship medal the year that you won it. That we also won the McDonough, so adds value, I believe. And speaking of the Joe McDonough and and the reason why we're having this discussion today is looking back and then looking forward. Michael Verney from the Irish Independent, well-respected journalist, we've talked to him regularly here on Scoreline. He put up a article during the week in regards to the link between the Joe McDonough Cup and the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship Series and possibly it being on borrowed time. Of course, the two Joe McDonough Cup finalists were in the preliminary quarterfinals for the All-Ireland different degrees of uh, success or whatever way you want to measure it in regards to your game against Dublin it was uh, a fantastic spectacle some would say you know Carlo leading at half time up to 65 minutes maybe then that's when it got away with him but on the other side of things Tipperary absolutely you know decimating awfully 7.38 to 3.18 you were discussing with Michael then in regards to the link between the two. Um, what way is it felt within Carlo GEA at the moment? Yeah, and, and, and um, we, we've discussed it and we've made a submission to Crow Park and like we feel as long as the route to the McCarthy Cup is through the provincial system, then there has to be a primary quarter-final for the McDonough winners because the McDonough winners are playing in the 
you know, like with us, we're playing in the Bob O'Keefe next year. Yeah. So we're into the Leinster Championship, and I think it's a good measure. It's a, it's it's invaluable from the players, from the management's perspective, to see what the standard is, and it's even an eye opener for the supporters, you know, as well. So it, it it's it's a great way of measuring, benchmarking, what what the standard is like and where we need to go, and. I certainly, we felt that the winners of the Joe McDonough uh, must have the opportunity to play in the, the prelim quarterfinal. Um, and we think that it's very difficult for the losers of the McDonough to gather themselves again. And if you have players injured, suspended, and many players, uh, you know, to get the call to go to America, for example, and you know, that's very attractive as well when you look at what they may be facing uh, after losing momentum of losing the McDonough Cup. So we feel there should be, for the winners, an opportunity to test themselves, to measure where they're at and give them insight into uh, what the standard is and what is required. And they know coming back in next season the improvements that are required. It's a good measure and I think it would be invaluable. We feel it's invaluable to the winners of the McDonough to get that opportunity. Um, in addition, Shane, you know, there was talks of having the McDonough Cup in front of an order in semi-final or an order in quarter-final. And that's something that is unpalatable for us because you're, you're really, you're really uh, just getting in the way, so to speak. It's very unfair on supporters as well. We had a great occasion with the McDonough Cup final, it was a standalone fixture, and uh, for Offaly and 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 Carlos supporters took over Crow Park that day. Uh, all our supporters were in very close to where the captain received the cup at the podium, and it led it, it led to it being a, a great occasion. And for whoever the winners were, um, it, it, like I've just on experience. Um, when we won the McDonough Cup previously, the senior teams were coming out doing the warm up during the presentation. So I thought that was, we thought it was very disrespectful yeah. to our teams, to our team that time. So, uh, you know, quite on the face of it, it might look oh, a great occasion to be playing uh, in front of an All Ireland semi final. However, uh, our experience says otherwise. And we've been there, I've been up there when was McDonough Cup was played uh, as a coordinator to Leinster Hurling final. And a lot of the hurling uh, fraternity were in watching the Monster final on Teddy rather than watching a live match outside. So, you know, it's, it's when it looks on the face of that, it would be great. Our experience says otherwise. The Joe McDonough has provided such great memories, particularly this year. We followed the whole journey along here on KCLR. Me and Robbie were screaming at the in the yeah. final when the Chris Nolan got the point. But yeah. like some people have have talked about the viability of it, and one of those people may have somewhat alluded to it within the Carlow ranks is is Paul Cody back in two thousand and nineteen when uh, you got promoted to. Leinster and then went back down into the uh, Joe McDonough Cup and he was talking about how the the system he felt was somewhat rigged into not helping teams like Carlo to be able to succeed and maybe alluded to the viability of the Joe McDonough as a whole especially considering it when you have the likes of Antrim and Galway from different provinces playing in it. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a it's it's hard to get a system that suits all and if you were to look at 
the bigger picture, then you'd, you'd have to start to look at the provincial system. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Munster, Munster GA are very protective of their uh, provincial system, and, and rightly so. And uh, and and that's a that's a, a wider debate. So it's it's very difficult to know what the what the right solution is. But certainly, I know Paul was probably alluding to the OYO effect, which is no good to anything. It's very hard to develop and sustain uh, the, the the right standard if you're if you're going up and down uh, regularly like that. So it, it's a like when we look back, we didn't have a McDonough Cup. But we felt that it was a cohort of teams there that were too good for the Christie ring and not quite the standard for the McCarthy. And and this was the answer. So I, I think it merits a little more time and uh, maybe a tweak or two to the system if we can have a look at that and see what would work. But perhaps the league format could really serve better to, uh, to, like, to stay at the level that you're at in... Leinster, as in Bob O'Keefe leading on to McCarthy, you, you need to be playing teams of that standard on a regular basis, and that's where maybe we need to look at the leagues rather than the McDonough Cup. I suggest Shane. Yeah, that's quite interesting as well because, like you know, it's not going to really benefit Kerry by being just thrown into a Munster Championship. It seems if we were to kind no. of go by what Offaly and uh, Tipperary what happened in that game. Yeah, yeah. No, we have to be careful around that, and I suppose the very nature of the condensed uh, championships that we have now for a county with a smaller pick like ourselves um, you know if you pick up injuries and to turn around from a very intense game on a Sunday and you're playing maybe the following Saturday as well that's a massive challenge and it's all about rest and recovery and trying to get the lads right for the following week and where you have small panels where you pick up an injury or two or maybe a suspension it's unhelpful in a massive way to counties like our own. So it, it, it is a massive challenge where if you're playing every fortnight or three weeks or whatever the case may be, you have chance to rest and recover and prepare. But it's, it's, it's so condensed, it's very difficult unless you have the numbers. And that's where the challenge is. So it, it, it needs to look at it in its entirety, the, the entire heart of the season, season to, uh, to ensure that we try and support counties of a similar standard that are just below you know, the the top standard and how do we provide the resources uh, ensure that they're able to get up and compete at the top level. You know, and it's been a while since the county has come up and, and, and uh, achieved that. It, it, it must be great. It. it must be great yeah. when you're talking about the, like, kind of the support when... We, we can talk about the covers that the Joe Mac got on a national scale in terms of television and so forth, but to see someone like Donald Cusack really making a plea towards the GEA after he said the GEA has failed hurling but really made a plea towards the GEA to kind of champion the likes of Carlo um, he talked about the, the the teams competing in the club championship and there's only six of them and he, he used the term uh, you know get Carlo on steroids almost and just really back them uh, behind the scenes yeah. to be able to, to be able to help them compete that must really kind of help from your own point of view and the committee's point of view yeah. to have those voices talking about it on a national scale. Yeah, and, and, and like, like we, we we have to be smart. Like we, we we have to be smart with use of resources, and I think teams of our standard need all the support to try and make the jump up to the next level and to remain there to sustain that. That's the challenge for the GA. Now, where we look at other counties and 
they're you know they're spending say two hundred thousand on preparing county teams, and they might have one club, two clubs. I, 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 would, I would question is that wise use of resources when that might be better spent at juvenile structures through the schools and through the clubs to really uh, to really change the culture and the mindset in relation to hurling. I think it would be wiser than spending like you know uh, two hundred thousand f- for ten years pump that money into juvenile set up and, uh, and and have a serious question mark about about how how good how how much of a positive impact is having county teams like that promoting the game within their county so that needs to be looked at as well just smart use of resources and second tier second tier counties need help and that will ultimately make the top tier stronger and uh, Harding will have a great chance of surviving and then go t- to the next tranche that are in second tier and support them and so on. But we have to be smart with the use of the resources, as I say. Um, your contemporary, uh, from an awfully perspective, Michael Dignan, he kind of poses a different view in regards to the preliminary All-Ireland quarterfinals and maybe he suggest it, it should be scrapped to give more time for say the Munster and Leinster championships and it's not too intense then for players because of the the, the panel that say an Offaly or a Carlo would be picking from is his yeah. sentiment I'm not, I'm not asking you to speculate but would his sentiment would it be based on the fact of what happened against Tipperary or do you think that well, this I'm would have sure process that, that colours his view to, informs his view to a certain degree but you know it, it would have been nice to hear that before that game maybe yeah but I, I still, that's why I go back to my point that I think that the winners only should go through to a prelim quarterfinal, mm. you know. And, uh, and, and it's, it informs that team, the players, the management, and even the supporters, as I said, for, for the following year. What's ahead? What preparations need to be? How, uh, how they need to change their preparations maybe to, to ensure that they're able to compete to make that step up. It's good to get that little bit of insight to what's required. The speed of, as I said before, it's hurting is the same, except the speed, the speed of the skill execution at the highest level. And there's only one way you find out what that's like is actually playing the game yourself. And and that's what that's what the winners would be doing because they are in the Bob O'Keefe, which is the only route to the McCarthy Cup for them the following year. You know, but. Um, no, look, it's it's good to have the the chat and the debate about it, but I I certainly think that that should happen. I also believe that you know the winners of the round robin stage or the top team in the round robin stage go straight to the final, and then to ensure the integrity of the competition, I think we should have a semi final between team two and three. Yeah, and 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 I think that would enhance the integrity of the McDonough Cup. Yeah, that's, that's something that Dignan also alluded to as well um, yeah. c- kind of getting back on and this will be the last thing that I'm pr- going to yeah. chat to you about today where the groundswell of support because of the hurlers was heard in our interview with uh, Carlo Town Hurling and Camogie Club's Little Puckers uh, Sean and Padro yeah. there and we're yeah. talking about how you know the investment now in Hurling seems to be there from the kids they're getting they've after getting the attention basically of all of Carlo, and then you see Kildavin and Clonny Gall, who we'll be chatting to very, very soon, competing in the junior championship first time in fifteen years. Yeah. This must also be very heartening for you as a chairperson, as a committee of whole, to see this being happening. 
It is, and and we had a county board meeting last Thursday night, and and the very that very point came up, and we were saying that like we have to now be very smart about uh, maximising uh, the goodwill, the whole atmosphere around hoarding at the moment, and we would hope that if we look after a cohort of kids both in Hurling and Camogie that were inspired by our senior hurlers now this year, that, you know, in 10 years' time, roughly speaking, that that will manifest on our, you know, our county teams if we do it right. And we have to be very smart and we will sit down. We have a review of coaching and games going to completion now. And uh, this will be a big factor in that, that certainly the win with the McDonough Cup now is going to influence the direction of that review and see what we can do with the kids and not alone to uh, not alone to, to help establish hurling clubs but to see could we really reach out and to go to football clubs like to have the pitches to have the facilities um, if to try hurling and to try and promote hurling in those areas as well and that would be massive for the future of Cardo hurling and that's something that we must must uh, I suppose embrace and 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 do our utmost to get the hurling going, not alone to sustain it in the Heartlands hurling clubs of the county, but to move it out to footballing clubs as well. So it's a massive challenge, but the the inspiration that our senior hurlers have provided, the goodwill is there, and there's a feel good factor now that we have to capitalise on, Shane. Well, we're looking forward to the inter-county journey, of course, next year, but the club championship yeah. is what it's all about in Carlo, so we'll be following that along closely and intently here on KCLR. Jim, chairperson of Carlo GEA, thanks very much for chatting with me today. Thanks, Jim. Thank you, Willie. Jim Bulger, chairperson of Carlo GAA, chatting with us about all things, you guessed it, Carlo GAA. There's lots more still to come here on Scoreline. If you want to get any of your opinions in, 083-306-9696 is the Dinners Ready IE contact line. Don't go anywhere. Now I'm delighted to say that I'm joined on the line by St Mullins manager, Morris Aylward. Morris, how are you? Good, thanks. Good, thanks, Robbie. Morris, we're going to chat hopefully about a range of topics today, but first of all, your defence of the Carlos Senior Championship, it began on Wednesday evening against Ballinkillen in Netwatch Cullen Park, a really good performance and a good result against them, uh, you must be happy with how it has started for you at St Mullins. Oh yes, it has started pretty well for us, like, you know, I mean, we had a very good win over that team, and that team actually, we're very lucky to get over them in the semi-final last year by one point. So taking everything into account, that was a good result for us last Wednesday evening. And just generally, Morris, what have preparations been like for this year's championship? Of course, we're coming very swiftly off the back of an incredible season for the Carlo Hurlers winning the Joe McDonough Cup and then they had that preliminary quarter final against Dublin. Was it quite condensed and hard to get sort of ready for this championship or what has that situation been like for a management team and a manager like you? It was very hard, uh, Robbie. Like, we had only the county players now and we had eight on the county panel so we had only them back Tuesday we had them back exactly one week to prepare for last uh, for Wednesday so we got one bit of a match in alright just to get, get them playing together more or less to give them a run out and that's that plus a little bit of training that's all we had but um, like look the county men were pretty fit but it's only a matter of getting used to 
playing together. And look, we hope to build up on that over the coming number of weeks. And obviously now there are another two or uh, a couple of games to go, I should say. Morris, kind of, how do you approach the next couple of games before the knockout stages begin? Is there a particular difference between that and, I suppose, old school traditional championship hurling? Or how do you look at that situation? Well, the number one is you don't get, in Carlo at the moment, you just don't get time to draw your breath. Like, I just get, after getting a, a fixture list there from the, our secretary, my God, it's right, and we have junior, intermediate, senior. We have three and four games in the week, in one week. You know, and I mean, some of those players are involved in intermediate and senior. And there seems to be no regard whatsoever for players. You just have to play, and that's it. We, we have a match down for next, an intermediate match down for next Saturday. We have an intermediate match down for next Wednesday. We have a senior game down for next Friday, this next week. That's all heavy going on players. Like, and there doesn't seem to be anything about player welfare involved in this. You just play the games and you have no choice. And we spoke to you last year on Scoreline, Morris, and you kind of had similar um, opinions and similar concerns for player welfare and for players generally. Do you feel as though the structure in Carroll needs to be looked at as soon as possible to kind of eradicate these sort of things for players and for management teams as well of course well first of all I will admit that Carlow is a, a dual county like strong, more stronger in football than hurling so like you have that kind of problems in Kilkenny maybe but uh, yes I find that everything the whole system it applies to county teams as well as club teams like the whole thing seems to be rush rush get things out of the way I don't know maybe there's too many competitions but like to be expecting intermediate championship on a, on a Friday night say and a senior championship on, on Saturday 24 hours later and you have some players involved in both of them that kind of carry on is not, and I'm not getting the chance I'd like to get to to get the team to prepare the team and get the team in the field but remember that's where it all starts is your training and what you put into training and what you bring from the training field to the day of the match. And just at the moment, I'm finding it difficult, especially with the county players that you have to come back. I know they're pretty fit, but they're all so tired now. Don't forget that Carlo players coming back to their club this year are coming back about a month later than last year because they went to the they won the Joe McDonough and then they played in an, an All-Ireland preliminary quarter-final with the, with the county or the county. So that, that delayed Ireland back at least a month more last year than it happened this year. So we had a very small gap. I was there to play three three good challenge matches last year with my county players before the first round. This year I was lucky just to get one in and the team obliged me to get that in. So our preparation is not as good as we would hope. But then it applies to most teams, all the other teams as well. But we have... We had eight on the panel. Now, there's only one other club in Carlow would have had that numbers on the panel. Like. So, it's a big thing for us to have those coming back. But I'd like to get a chance at the field to incorporate them with the other players and get them to know one another again. After all, they weren't together since last November. And that was something that, that I wanted to kind of pick up on, Morris. Is it strange as a manager, I suppose, 
you're hitting the time of the season where you were approaching what you would expect your players to try and peak and try to be at their optimum level but you're reintegrating a lot of players and crucial players into your panel that maybe are on a, a bit of a low after the championship because you know as you said it's been so long and so intense for them is that a difficult situation to manage and do you feel as though that gap between the end of the inter-county season and the start of the club championship should have been extended at least a week or two longer? Yes, I'd agree. It should have been extended. And uh, why it wasn't, I don't know. Like, I mean, there is plenty of time to, to play the games. But that doesn't seem to happen. And, like, I, I'm always talking about players, player welfare as well. And that all comes into it. And, uh, you know, players must be protected. They must be protected on the field now as well. And in cases like even last Wednesday night, I felt some of our players weren't protected. And uh, I was very disappointed. And we finished up with 14 men. And today, I don't know, I still don't know how we finished up with 14 men. It, 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 was, it wasn't right, some of the things that were left go last, uh, last Wednesday night. And if the power that be doesn't protect players, something is going to give. And that, that comes into what I'm saying about player welfare, playing games one or two or two in the week and then also not protect the players in the proper way on the field. And I as a manager have always demanded high standards for my players and I've always demanded discipline. And they go out there and it's the last thing we even said going out of the dressing room was discipline. And they all agreed. But the discipline went out the window after when, when some of the things occurred on the field, which wasn't nice. When you talk about player welfare and protecting the players, what would you like to see be done by the powers that be, Morris? Well, I think the whole GA scene has to be looked at from, from top to bottom, both at county level and club level. Everything seems to be rushed, rushed, rushed. I don't know, there are 52 weeks in the year. I don't know how it's going to be done. But look, there's enough of intelligent people up there in Crow Park and different places at county board level to be able to come up with something sensible. And not just have this sort of, well, I told you a few minutes ago, reading a, a list for next week and about five matches on for, for our club. I mean, that, that's unheard of. So I don't know how, it's not up to me. I mean, I could say, but, no, but nobody's going to listen to like me. There's people there and that's their job. And should, the first thing they should put in front of everything is player welfare. And that's not happening either at county level or club level. Players are only numbers now in some people's eyes and it's not fair. At the end of the day, I suppose, hurling or GA is a hobby. Has it become an unenjoyable hobby or a less enjoyable hobby because of all of this? It's a less enjoyable hobby. Like, I mean, players cannot be happy, right? The county players, uh, but deep down, county players cannot even be happy with the type of training they have to do and the type of lifestyle they have. And then when it's all over, they're just they're allowed to go and do what they like, and they have a bit of freedom, and they go <laughs> they go and enjoy themselves too much. I think it's only an amateur sport, but it's been treated in a big way as a professional sport. It's played worse. It's even worse than professional sport. I remember last year seeing the Liverpool soccer team after a game getting into a bus, and cans. Uh, Crates of beer going in and the, the, the Liverpool manager standing at the door of the bus and he smiled. And somebody just wrote, if that was an inter-county hurling or football team here, to be headlines all over the place. You know, the, the yeah. lifestyle that our, our boys 
have to live and girls now as well. It's unbelievable what they have to put up and the, the way they must discipline themselves during the career. They're, they're, they're just numbers being told what to do and they don't seem to have advice over here. I don't know what the, even the GPA is doing that they're not standing up for all this kind of stuff. But look, I'm not going to keep talking on that because I, I'm not going to waste my breath. Well, then if we were to move it on, are you enjoying it being involved in the Carlo Hurling Championship with St Mullins yourself on a personal level, Morris? Because you had tremendous success in Kilkenny with Ballyhill, Charmocks, incredible success again last year with St Mullins leading them to the county title. Do you actually still enjoy it yourself being on the sideline as a manager? <laughs> well, at my age, I should say I do enjoy it. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I'm delighted to be able to do it. and It's my medicine, actually. It keeps me going, and it keeps the mind going, and it keeps my body going. But I am, yeah. St. Mullins are a fine group of players, and they're as good as the players as I have been involved with since the Shamrocks, I'd say, back in, in 2005, 2009. But um, Carlo, to me, is different to Kilkenny. Like, they know exactly in Kilkenny what they're getting. And even the Kilkenny managers now at the moment, club managers, they know exactly the detail of when they're playing and they're not starting for six more weeks of the league championship. But they know exactly every fixture. Beyond next beyond next weekend, I don't know whether we're playing on a Friday night or Saturday night or Sunday night. I went on about that last year again, but I don't want to be going over. But I don't know in two weeks' time whether we're playing on a Saturday evening, Sunday evening or Friday evening. And that's not right. We should have there's only six hurling teams in, in Carlo and they should easily be able to give us the full list of fixtures now between now and yeah, the last league match and should also be able to give the semi-final and final dates which they are but as far as I can see it's one weekend after another but we haven't the specific dates of the weekend whether it's Friday, Saturday or Sunday Would you be worried at all with that in mind that we're not going to see it this year or next year or even in five years but that the future of the GA could be slightly damaged by this and we might actually see less participation by club players especially who are affected by situations like this Oh yes there's no doubt about it first of all at county level I'd say at the moment like we take anybody who's working hard or say a very busy farmer it's nearly out for him to be playing county hardly in the county they just won't have the time and they won't be able to give to what the demands of the managers at inter-county level is demanding. It's not there at club level yet, but it's coming down that way. And if people start losing enjoyment at club level, they won't bother coming. And the GA will be the ones that will suffer in the, in the long term. Like, I mean, we have a wonderful game and we could destroy it by just, I don't know, by just using it and pushing it away and get it out of the way and get it over with. That seems to be the attitude at the moment. And that, that, that's... That's not right for the game. First of all, I'd say that one big thing at club level, Robbie, is there are too many, there are too many teams, and there are too many competitions. You have this junior, you have junior, junior A, junior B, C, D, E, F. Like I mean, it's ridiculous. It's it's ruling out competition among club players as well. How should I get a game if I don't make this, such a team? I make that team, and that's not. You know, you're not getting the proper training then, or the people are not just driving themselves to improve themselves because they know they're going to get a game. And there are too many competitions like that. And I think that, that that's a part of the problem. And I don't know how the Fixers Committee even gets over and trying to fix these games because it's a nightmare, I'd say. So I, I think the streamlined, when I was when I was younger, fella, there were far more, there were plenty, we were doing nothing else only holding. But we only had one team or two teams at the most 
and to, to get on. So you had to work hard and train hard to try to get on that team. If you didn't, you sat on your backside. But now they're, they're guaranteed games. If they don't make, as I said, one team, they make the other one. Do you think a natural cut-off would be junior or junior B? I would, yeah, I would. And bring in competition amongst the, the club players. Like, I mean, the, the competition that you had in the field at home, that's where it all starts. And even at the even at lower level, minor level, you have all the development squads and all that. And that's taken from the club as well, because you have the same competition in the club with those fellas, those players gone away on the development squads. Like, it's the competition that makes everything. And that's what makes players. When you have to have good training sessions and work hard to get your place. That's what makes you a better player. And do you think, in terms of, you're chatting there about maybe how the club side of things has changed in terms of more competitions and players don't have to really fight for their place in teams, which has diluted the quality, possibly. Do you feel as though there has been a substantial change in the style of hurling over the last number of years, Morris? Or would you buy into that sort of narrative? I, I, would, I would buy it. There have been a change. And I, I personally think, but then I would be one of the old styles. But I, I, I'd be modern in my thinking as well, even though I'd be old in my age. But at the same time, I think there have been. And it's not, it's not helping the game. I mean, the thing of hook out to the goalie and back to the goalie and maybe out to the corner back and across the full back line. I don't know. That, that, that starts with football. And I saw in football the other day, there lately, Peter Canavan, the great Tyrone footballer, and he gave an example of it in the Dublin Common football game. With 10 minutes to go to half time, Dublin were pressing, and the Common goalie kicked out the ball. And that ball was played from for five minutes and 46 seconds with 68 passes. Between the six Ross Common backs and the goalie, the goalie touched the ball 19 times in that in that period. Now, Robbie, who in the name of God is going to keep going seeing that type of football? Yeah. Now, the same thing, because people would do the same thing in hurling if they could get away with it. I mean, the old style is, and I'm not talking about the old style, but let the ball do the work in, the, in hurling. The ball can travel 67. This thing of men, I was listening to a match there lately, an inter-county match coming along the car, and... The team had 14 men. There was one man after being put off. And they had only one, and they were seven points behind. And they had only one man inside the 65 line in the forwards. How in the name of God could you look at that? Or how could you even win that match? And Sorry, but some of the stuff were, were being shown now, even on television. Do you, would you worry at all in terms of we mentioned their sort of participation levels in the sport because of the demands on players particularly club players but also inter-county players would you worry at all that young people particularly will look at the game as a spectacle and think that's not for me oh certainly it happened in American I think baseball or something they brought in all this kind of stuff and next thing the crowd starts going away now the committee sat last year and they back to the old style and the crowds are flocking back to the game and I think the same thing is going to happen here that's an article I read by Joe Brawley last week same thing will happen here eventually but we'll have to go through the bad phase first unfortunately I know a lot of people now are not interested in going to see matches for that reason and there are other reasons as well like you have to have credit cards now and you have to print it off and all that they've gone away from my generation anyway as regards um, going to matches it seems they don't want us because you only want people that can use credit cards and have printers and computers and all that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, you know, I think it's totally unfair to people that have given their life lifetime to the GA. But now they, they start off there with the Sky Sports first and that took it away from a lot of the older people because they hadn't Sky Sports. Now they're brought on the credit cards and print, 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 printing machines and all that. Even at Bob Crow Park, you couldn't buy a cup of coffee now if you hadn't a credit card. Man. And that's not right either. Do you think the GA has lost its way and forgot what brought them to this level? They're losing touch. They're like, like a lot of the old organisations. They're out of touch with the local people and the local thinking. I mean, it's all probably... You know, it's all probably got looking at te- how it looks on television now. It's not about the excitement or all that anymore. Like, I mean, how many times did you sit on a match years ago, Robbie, and you'd say, what this game needs is a goal. Yeah. Next thing, a goal or two will come and the whole place is a rock. Yeah. They don't know that anymore. Holding at the present even, and it's a great game still, it's still played like a chess. It's like chess, it's a movement up and down the field. There's no excitement. There's no Eddie Carroll or DJ Carey's or someone catching the ball and all of a sudden it's in the back of the net and the whole crowd lifts. All that's gone. You know, there's 25, 30 points now and shooting from even the two games last Sunday. Look at look at the amount of boys who are shooting from 17, 80 yards. Like. No, I don't know. Things try to work it in for the goals. So only look if you get goals in matches now. Right, clear, I got three or four, all right, but. Um, they just broke lucky for him, I suppose. I don't know, but like Kilkenny is good at getting goals, and that's why I think they could play, they could beat Clare if they get enough of the ball in the full forward line. No, that's why the, the excitement has gone out of the game. It's a kind of, as I said, like chess. Now you just keep watching movements up and down the field. Has it diluted your passion at all for the game, or do you think it has diluted the passion of people your age for the game of hurling? Oh, it has. I mean, I, I know most people my age are just totally gone off the game. You know, we, we had the match yesterday. No, no way. That's all. That's what I get from people my age and even younger than me. You know, well, I think there are a couple of things turning them off the game, and that they haven't have print off tickets and can't buy tickets. There's a lot of people very bitter over that, and uh, going in to especially Crow Park and can't buy a cup of coffee unless you have a credit card. They're bitter over that. And, and I think that's not right. Like, I mean, our generation did an awful lot of hurling. And like, personally, myself, I had nothing when I was young, only hurling. And that's what the sport we loved. And we kept at it. At least young people today have a lot bigger choice than I had. But that, that's not the point. I loved hurling and I still do love it. And I still like to see it played as the game that we know what it is. The game that I learned on the father, Tommy Mann, in St. Kieran's College. That's the type of game I like. And I'd still like to see it. With maybe a few little tweaks here and there. Because now you have to keep going, but not totally changing the whole thing around. And we might end on a more positive note, if that's okay, Morris, because of course the All Ireland semi finals are coming up, and you alluded to it there briefly the fact that maybe Kilkenny's goal scoring ability will give them a good chance against Clare. How do you see that game going, and how do you see the Limerick and Galway game going? Well, uh, the Kilkenny Clare game, I honestly think if Kilkenny are a full full fitness of all the players are fully fit that would include Adrian Mullen now and Martin Keown I think if Martin Keown is both of them are fit and Richie Reid I think Kilkenny are in with a great chance I think if they get the ball in fast into the full forward line we have a very strong full forward line physically strong as well and I think that's the weak spot on the clear team especially if they have Conor Cleary back or David McInerney I can't see Kilkenny getting, getting goals and Kilkenny are good at getting goals. Because typically Kilkenny, like as I said earlier, they'll put their head down and they'll go for the goal. 
they won't be they'll shoot from outside, all right, but they're always capable of getting two or three goals in every game. And that's why I give Kilkenny a great chance in the semi final against Clare. As a guy of the other match, I'm going to say no, I wouldn't be surprised if Galway win this. Really? They had a soccer really? they had a soccer punch against Kilkenny in the Lens of Final and tries a soccer punch. And it was hard to take. But in fairness to them, they regrouped and they brought their anger and disappointment back to training and they came out last Morris, it was great chatting to you. Uh, best of luck with the season ahead with St Mullins. And um, once again, thanks for stopping by and giving us your opinions today. And we're joined on the line by a man who we have great time for. And it seems like Bagnallstown will have a lot of great time for him, maybe after the end of the championship. None other than the hurling and football manager, former Blacks and Whites manager, who of course won the Kilkenny Junior Championship. It is, of course, the wonderful and delightful Mr. Eddie Scally. Eddie, how are you, sir? Hi, Sam. How are you going? I'm very good. I'm very good. Got off to a winning start in the Carlow Club Championship. You must be delighted. Yeah, look, you know, you'd be nervy enough as well. First championship out with Bagnathon Gales, but in fairness to the lads, they've, they've, they've put in a power of work and. Uh, you know, it was a very good performance on, on Friday night in Everett. You know, it wouldn't be a simple game to start with either. They're, you know, a tricky side. Um, and look, the scoreboard probably doesn't affect how tight the game was. You know, for the first 20 minutes, it was point for point. But the, the lads the lads kicked on, you know, in the middle third of the field. They really did kick on for that middle third of the game, I should say. And got a good lead up. And it was a good scoring game. But look, you know, feet firmly on the ground. We've mounted Leinster Angels next Friday night. And I'm sure it'll be a, a very tough day at the office there. But sure, we'll give it our best shot. Uh, there's been good times for the club recently of course that you won the Bulger Cup you've won a football cup and as well uh, in the Fela as the the young lads getting that Division 3 Fela title as well so there's a really good sentiment around the club at the moment Yeah look it's it's, it's a really good club in fairness I'm delighted to be a part of the club at the moment um, you know there's a lot of really good people working there behind the scenes and, and as you rightly said the Fela and Oak last week uh, they won it this weekend they, they got beaten in the semi-finals in football as a dual club it's, it's great that they're competing on both fronts and from our side as well, like I was delighted to see some of our players involved with that setup. You know, the likes of Alfie Corcoran and Keane Doyle, who were playing for us and and giving up their time as well. And Darren Nolan, they're giving up their time to help the young lads as well, which is brilliant to see. It's it's, it's so important for a community-based club like Bagnall Gales. But as you said, you know, we won the the Budget Cup in the Ireland in the league, which which is lovely. You know, any any trophy coming back to the club is nice. And and then, and then the football lads won the Shield there as well after beating Rat Philly. So. So it's been a, it's been a really good month for the club, but the real business side of stuff starts now, and you know the next eight weeks will determine whether it's a good year or not. Are you finding it difficult managing the two different disciplines, Eddie? Um, yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Look, I'm very lucky. I have a really good backroom team in both setups. I've, um, you know, Rory Tracy was with me in Blacks and Whites. He's there as a trainer with the Herders, and I've Martin Cummins there. And in the football side of things, I've Ali Malloy in from Wexford. Um, 
doing the training side and I have Mara and Merton Cummins with me there as well and then David O'Brien does all the administration so you know it's it's it's, it's easy for me when I have all these guys with me uh, you know to help me and, and pick up any slack but you know so far it's fine what I am finding a little bit tricky is you know it's all hurling now for the next six or eight weeks because we're a dual club and then once the football ch- hurling championship st- finishes the football championship starts straight away so you know we don't have you know the six or eight week build into a championship that you'd love um, so maybe the likes of clubs we'd say like Rathfilly or Palatine Air Oak, they'll probably get a better run to the football championship because they're not going to be competing at senior hurling so it's 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 it, that, that's the tricky side of it as well and you know there's a huge amount of dual players so you know we can't train five nights a week so at the moment it's two nights hurling one night football um, and that's all we can do you know because you can't overrun the players either like there's I think there's a crossover of 11 players yeah, we've seen that hangover from Mount Leinster Rangers recently coming from the Carlow Hurling Championship into the Football Championship. So it's definitely something tricky, it seems, to be able to, to, to balance. Um, when we were talking to Craig Doyle at the launch of the Championship, he's been talking about the progression of the, the club since the amalgamation in 2019. And he made reference to the fact that he wants to do one better with the team. And by one better, considering the county final last year, losing out to St Mullins, that means winning the county finals. Is that something that you've been getting across to your players that this is what we need to be doing, or is it a year of just testing out the waters for yourself? Uh, I know, like for me, it's about winning championships, and, and and it's the same for the lads. You know, if if, you, if you're only there to try and you know, if you're aiming for the for the top of the tree, you're not getting off the ground. You have to aim for the sky. So I think all of us would be in the same mindset. You know, that you want to win the championship. You know, whether you can win it or not. Is, is is another thing, but it's you're going to give it everything you can to win the championship, and that's that's what we're going to do. We're going to make no secrets of that. We're not going to be happy to to get to a semi final or get to a final. Like we all want to win the championship, and then you players like Craig, as you said, Craig Doyle, like he's been a brilliant servant to Carlo Hurland, and he's been a massive servant to his own club, um, as as Alfie Corcoran as well. Like you know, these lads have been there for a long, long time and haven't won a senior hurling title. You know, it's been a long time between Brings for Bangles down uh, winning a hurling championship, so. I'm sure every one of these lads will give everything they can to try and win the championship. But like everybody knows, when you've teams like Mount Leinster Rangers and Sam Mullins, like they're such powerhouses in, in, in Club Hurling. Like last year, the lads, you know, Gavin was over them last year and they did a massive win against Mount Leinster Rangers in a, in a county semi final. And like I remember that because I was working with Casey Law and we were covering the games. But like they won that game and then seven days later they were out in the county final. Like mm. that's a massive, massive tough turnaround. Um, so. I actually think the hangover winning the game against Mount Leinster Rangers in the semi-final, and I mean literally the hangover <laughs> of winning that game, um, you know, it would have made it really difficult for the boys the following week to go out and win a St Mullins game, you know, even mentally and, you know, to get yourself, do, 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 do you know what I'm saying? I know that to say you get to a county final, it's it'll naturally move you up, but I actually think you need that little bit of a break, you know. I found with, with Blacks and Whites last year, when we won the semi-final, we had a two-week gap yeah. before the final. And it just gave us a little bit of time to enjoy winning the semi-final, get our feet back on the ground, and then rebuild it up to it. Like if, like Robbie would tell you, you know, he interviewed me straight after the semi-final last year, and sure, you know, I was in the clouds as well. Like, you know, your head's shot. You need a few days to come back down from that. So I think the lads would have found that tricky. But this year, we'd be in a different position if we can get ourselves into a county final. You know, the lads would have had the experience of last year's run to the county final, and hopefully it'll span them if we can get there. Eddie, we were speaking with St Mullins manager Morris Aylward on yesterday's show and he had mentioned the fact that the schedule is so packed at the moment and that in Carlow 
it's different to Kilkenny in the sense that a lot of players that are on the senior panel would be involved with intermediate teams or on the intermediate panel and junior teams whatever it may be and it's very difficult to get time for training and to kind of rest and recover as you had alluded to there would you echo those sentiments or is it a different situation for yourself with Bagginstone Gales also because you're a dual club I think our problems well I wouldn't say problems I think our, our struggles would be a lot tougher and um, I can see where Morris is coming from but I'd say it'd be a lot tougher on us we have a bank of about 36 players and we have to try and field a senior football team, a senior hurling team and an intermediate hurling team um, all at the same time. And, 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 and we're, we would see ourselves as competitive and strong at the strong end of it in football and, and hurling. You know? Um, you know, we've got a lot of inter-county footballers there with us as well. So I, I can see where he's coming from. But like you take this weekend, we played Friday night against um, Nave Breed. Uh, I brought on three subs in that game. Two of them subs weren't eligible to play intermediate for me, but one of them was. So, uh, Robbie Kane, who's been fantastic for us this year, he's been very, very good when he starts or when he comes off the bench, but that moves Robbie out of the intermediate championship now straight away. And I would have liked to bring on another couple of subs, but I couldn't because every single one of them were then going to be cup-tied for the next day when we're playing against um, Michael in the intermediate, which we played in last night. So, it does make it tough. You know, we travelled last night with a very light squad and got a good win down there. Um, it makes it tough, but it's it's the same for everybody. I I think St Mullins probably have a lot more players than us, and and, and their their focus seems to be mainly on hurling. And um, I don't think anyone in St Mullins would be offended by me saying that they, that their focus is, is is mainly on hurling. But it's a congested championship. But that's what split seasons are going to do. It makes a, a congested championship, and the way that Carlo have decided to do it is the very same as Wexford. Is they run off the hurling championship first in about an eight week period. And then you run off the football championship in around the eight-week period, and then both teams are ready to compete in Leinster. So it's a tight schedule, um, but you know, come towards the end of the season, you ask me the question, ask me that in three or four weeks' time if we pick up a few injuries, and, I, and I'm left in an awful predicament then. But at the moment, it, it worked fine this weekend. I have two wins, so I think it's a great system at the moment. Eddie, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know you're a connoisseur of all things sports, and Dublin and Mayo are currently playing out a game. It's three points to Dublin, two points to Mayo. But I do want to touch upon the next race day at Gorham Park, Ladies' Day. Yeah, a little bit away now, the 29th of July. Um, it's 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 a cracking day. We're going we're going all out this year for it. I think um, Eddie Hughes is going to be out with us earlier in the day, and there's going to be a lot of stuff coming on. Casey Laura come on as partners for the event as well, which is brilliant. But um, it's it's a brilliant social event, uh, Ladies' Day, is, and it's you know it's it's a day I'm really looking forward to. We've got a little bit of a break between races now, so. Um, we're putting on a really big big effort this year. It'll be big live music entertainment, the whole lot of DJs. It, it, it's going to be a cracking show and you'll have a seven or eight race card as well to go with it. So it'll be a brilliant day out. And thankfully it won't be clashing with hurling finals or football finals because it's on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah, well, we're looking forward to being out there as well. I think Scoreline is going to be out there for, for the whole day. Uh, talking about just a bit, of a different passion that you have. You're, you're a very busy man and it must be busy following Leeds with all the heartbreak that you would have experienced uh, this season. But not much seems to be coming out in regards to news with Leeds United. Yeah, no, I've been on the... I've been on, uh, uh, following it all very closely. Obviously, as a Leeds fan, it was a tough year with, with being relegated. But um, I think the new owners of the club, they've, they've, very, they've set out... They're not actually officially the new owners yet. So they've set out a clear path which... I, I think there's there's merit and sense to what they're doing. So basically, Daniel Farke is going to be announced as the lead manager this week, but there is a process. So basically, the guys that own the San Francisco 49ers are going to be named as the owners first. And then, you know, 
Farkel come in after that and then, you know, hopefully we'll announce a few signings and stuff. But we do need to get a move on because I'm looking at Leicester City at the moment and they're doing really good work in the in the transfer market and I think there's a fair we could be left behind if we don't get a move on. The season's gonna start again in six or eight weeks and I don't want nineteen years in the championship again. I like we need to get straight back up again. Do you think the squad, the current squad, Eddie, because while there's not been a lot of incomings, there hasn't been a lot of outgoings either, do you think it would be good enough to promote or does it need additions in certain areas? I know. The, the current squad that we have, Robbie, I'd say you're going to lose seven or eight of these. I think nearly all the Americans are going to go. Um, you know, The only one I'd probably want to keep is Tyler Adams. I'd be happy. I'd give them all a lift out of the club if they wanted to go. <laughs> um, Rodrigo is going to leave as well. He'll go to Spain. Koch is definitely going to go. He wants to play for Germany. So, like, you're going to lose all these players. Um, it's as simple as that. They're all going to be gone. So, uh, the other lads that are there, the likes of Harrison, if we could hold on to them and stuff like that, they're more than capable of winning a championship. But we still need to, you know, you know, you need to toughen up a small bit too. Like, I mean, the likes of Brendan Aronson, like, would be an absolute, I think, an absolute disaster in the championship. I'd say he'd absolutely, I can imagine the shock horror he'd feel on the first night down at Rotherham or somewhere when he gets kicked up into the Audi Evans. So, um, I think we need to we need to straighten up the squad. We need a bit of steel there. We need to ship out a bit of dead wood. There's a lot of dead wood there collecting wages handy as well. So look, it's not all negative anyway. We've these new investors coming in with loads and loads of money, and sure, maybe if I do well in Bangladesh, they might give me a shout. And let me go over there next year. <laughs> Eddie, just before we let you go, Dublin and Mayo, call it. Uh, Dublin will win by a few points, but I tell you, I'm, like I'm watching it here at the moment. There's a volume muted. They, they started really, really nervous. I know these games are always very close. But Dublin have started very, very nervous. It's three points apiece. But, you know, Dublin are well on top. But they just seem to be playing within themselves a small bit. I think it'll stay close up until half-time into early into the second half. But this Mayo team, I know this whole Mayo for Sam crap and all that stuff you have to listen to all the time. But I just think there's an awful lot of miles in the clock and an awful lot of these Mayo players. And I think if this game goes into the last quarter of the game, I think they'll be found out by this much fitter, more hungry Dublin side. And I think Dublin will win out, I'd say, three or four points anyway in the end. Have you enjoyed the quarterfinals overall, or what you've been able to watch of it? Yeah, no, I watched. I watched. Um, I watched the first half of the Curry game yesterday, and I got to see the second half kind of, you know, after the match. I knew the result, and I listened to the Monaghan game on, online, and I've watched the the game that was on earlier. There now, Derry and Cork. Derry and Cork was a, an awful game. Um, I, like I should be contacting the GA to be paid to watch that. And I think the the, the game that was on last night, the second game. Our man on, and if it didn't go to penalties, like the penalties were brilliantly exciting. Anyone that wants to throw penalties out of the GEA should be sat down in front of the telly and watch, med watch the whole of the Armagh Monaghan game last night. The only excitement in it was the penalties. Um, but Curry, Curry were absolutely awesome in the second half yesterday. I really hope we have a Curry Dublin All Ireland final because I think they're two teams that try to play football and we get a load of excitement out of that. I don't. Not disrespecting anybody else, but I just don't like the idea of 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 Derry Saramon, and I think they're very very defensive. And uh, there could be a goal here now as well, and there is Dublin are after just burying a goal this second as well. So you have it live there now. It's one three to four points here in this Dublin Mayo game. So Dublin are starting to pull on. Yeah, Colin Basquiat got that goal, I think, for the Dubs Eddie. But just to pick up on your point um, about the penalties, do you not? Are you not in favour of replays? No, no, not in the condensed season the way it is. I'd be more in favour of getting rid of that preliminary quarterfinal that we had the last time. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, right. If you wanted to have a replay, you know, do you know what I mean? There was an awful yeah, lot yeah. of like the GA need to evaluate it. There's a few things like I'd be shocked for saying it, but like I think there needs to be a full evaluation done on what happened at the end of the championship this year. Like did Offaly playing in the in the championship proper against Tipperary was that necessary? Um, you know, do the Joe Mac teams need to be put into the All Ireland Championship? I don't think they should. 
uh, they're in a separate competition. You don't see the Talent Cup winners getting into the championship or the Christie Ring winners going up. You know, it doesn't But the Talisman Cup winners, uh, yeah, I suppose Talisman Cup winners get into the following the next year. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so are the Joe Mack in yeah. the next year. Like, yeah. Cardinal are playing the Leinster next year. Mm. So I think, I think that should be reviewed. And I think in the football as well, you know, my own county, Westmead, had a fantastic... I know that it's, it's hard to say it. Like, we, we lost two games and drew one. Uh, but we lost by, like, a point... Mm. To Armagh, uh, we we should have beaten Tyrone, missed the free in the last minute to draw with them, and, and we ran Galway very close. So coming up from the Talent Cup, we showed our worth and and, and it worked well. So th- I thought the group stages were decent, but to have a group stages and a rake of matches and only four teams eliminated after that series, that needs to be reviewed. And I thought the quarterfinals, these four quarterfinals, this is proper championship football. It's not go football now, so it's a lot more exciting. Um, but I I I I, I, I I'd be in favour of no replays until. Even the semi-final, I think maybe a semi-final should go to a replay or a final, but quarter-final is not. Drive it on, let them keep playing there. Maybe play a second stage of extra time if you want to before penalties. Well, we'll drive it on there, Eddie. We'll let you get back to enjoying Dublin versus Mayo. Thanks very much for speaking with us today, and no doubt we'll be talking to you in the lead-up to Kilkenny and Clare. Yeah, can't wait. Thanks a million for having me, boys. Thanks very much. Eddie Scally, manager of Bagnallstown Gales on footballing and hurling side of things, and the race manager out in Goran Park. We're going to go and move on, though, and talk all things Kildavin Clonigal because they're back in the Carlow Junior Championship for the first time in 15 years. And joining myself and Robbie on the phone is Mr. Wayne Austin from the club. Wayne, how are you doing, sir? Not too bad, Shane. Yourself? I'm very good. I'm very good. You're a busy man. You're in Netwatch Cullen Park there. The game got delayed between Carlo and Derry. How's it going now? Yeah, no, the, the game was delayed. With Derry were stuck in, uh, stuck in traffic there. So at half time here, Derry are winning 2 5 to 2 3. Close enough game then, anyway. Close enough game. Carlo seemed to have the better to play, but Derry um, stuck the ball in the net there just before half time, which sort of sung Carlo's hearts a little bit, but no doubt they'll get going again when the second half starts. Uh, Wayne, uh, just before we get into how everything is going in regards to Kildavin Clunny Gall, sad news in relation to the JJ Cavan and Sons game today being postponed due to uh, the the passing of Mr. Eamon Roberts, a former player, father Liam Roberts there. It was meant to be played this evening, but a uh, sad story all around. Yeah, no, sad news filtered through uh, the early hours of Saturday morning. Uh, Liam or uh, Eamon had been sick the last number of weeks, but uh, it was... We're all sort of hoping for the best, but the sad news filtered around the village and around the community on, on Saturday morning that Eamon had passed away, and everybody's devastated. Eamon was a... I don't remember Eamon playing myself, but according to all the stories, he was a brilliant player. He was a brilliant supporter over the last number of years for Calavin and Liam, <coughs> Liam as, a, as a player, a current player with the club, um, he followed on the legacy, and he's an outstanding footballer too. So we're all very, very sad down around Calavin at the moment with the, with the passing of Eamon. Yeah, certainly, and uh, we send our respects to the members of the family and everyone in the club, no doubt. There are is a lot of hurt in regards to it, but I, I suppose someone like Eamon would have been incredibly heartened by the fact that Kildavin Clonic Hall made their return to the Junior Hurling Championship, first time in 15 years. It, it must be incredibly exciting now in the club. Yeah, no, it's great to have the Hurling back, Shane. Um, sort of was an appetite there for the last number of years, but nobody really grabbed the bull bit of horns to get it going. So a couple of lads, Parry Grine, um, Colin Nolan, Andrew Nolan, a few of them lads got together and uh, they sort of put the, put the hard work in there to see could they get a team going this year. We hadn't had a team in 15 years. The hurlers are there. The hurlers are there. 
just there had been some of them had been playing with Ballinkillen and Ballinkillen were very good and they accommodated anyone that wanted to hurl very very good for the last number of years up there so sort of kept the lads going you know and underage then uh, Burn Rangers are accommodating with the youngsters coming through but we, we just felt it was time to get our own thing going because the underage structures there they're starting to, to filter through with an under 13 team competitive this year we're hoping maybe next year under 15 good few lads coming out of minor next year some very very good hurlers coming out of minor next year and they're going to filter into the junior team next year and very should be a very strong team next year yeah, it sounds very heartening as well to, to, to hear that there's that appetite. Of course, we were speaking to Jim Bulger, the Carlo GA chairperson there, and he loves kind of these things happening with all around Carlo because it can only feed success into the greater hurling atmosphere within the county. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's brilliant. Like, last number of years, you can see you go down to the Spelman Park there and you can see young lads debating the slitter against the wall. You know, years ago, that was just they were kicking a football against the wall. But last number of years, you can see them carrying the, the hurls uh, around the village, around Calabon, around Donegal, and definitely the interest is growing. And I was listening to yourself and Joe, uh, Jim talking earlier. The likes of the John McDonough win there really, really inspires the younger generation also. And how has it been going anyway since uh, you started? Was it three three weeks ago when you got back into action? Oh, God, no, no. They were back. They played, the, the lads played in the Bulger Shield. Yeah, of course, sorry. They were competitive enough in that. Like, it was... It was Few injuries, um, few injuries there. Like I think he was still with the county footballer, so he was unavailable. There was some lads travelling, so it was sort of a slow start. But they, they have 26. I think the 26 of a panel there now. There's lads starting to go back. As I said, Niall Hickey is back. Barry Hickey is injured at the moment. He'll be back. Joe Roberts was wasn't around. He's back as well. Um, they played Carlow Town about three weeks ago in the first round and actually won the first round, and that was a great boost for lads. Now, the following week, they played Mount Hanson Rangers in Calavan, and a bit of an eye-opener, all right, but Mount Hanson Rangers give a lot of teams eye-openers. But I, was, I, was, I, I couldn't believe the crowd that was in Spelman Park that night. It was probably the biggest crowd I've ever seen in Spelman Park, and that was down to support the hurlers. I was just going to ask, what's it like being around the community? Like, are, are you feeling that groundswell of support? Oh, 100%. 100%. There's massive support for the, for the hurling team this year. Um, they're getting massive, massive crowds. The the Camogie Club are, are following the lads around as well. Anytime the, the lads are out hurling, the whole Camogie, the adult Camogie Club there, Juvenile Camogie Club as well, they're all there. So there's a big crowd for all the games. And even the trainings, you go down to the trainings and the young lads are there. You know, they're looking at these lads and they're saying, this could be me in a couple of years, you know. So it's great to have a, an adult club there where these lads can come to aim for in the future. Is there a lot of dual players between the two sports then, Wayne? Um, I'd say I'd say there's probably five or six, Shane. Oh wow! Five or six, I'd say. Yeah, there'd be there'd be dual players there. You'd have the likes of Niall Hickey, Barry Hickey, Joe Roberts. Who else off the top of my head? Ian St. Ledger would be another one. He'd be joint captain. Parry Ryan, captain. Yeah, there would be there would be a crossover, all right. But the lads, you know, the football football management have got together with the hurling management. They put they put a system in order there where 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 it'll work well for both teams. Brilliant, because uh, we've seen the draws for the championship coming out there on the football side of things. On the intermediate, uh, you, you're, you've been drawn and in the junior B as well, because obviously you have you have two teams. But yeah. looking at the intermediate side of things, Balnebrana, Kilbride and Air Rogue, are you confident to get out of that? That's going to be a tough one, isn't it? <laughs> Jesus. And we have Kilbride again, the old, the old enemies. Um, Balnebrana will be very tough, Air Rogue will be very tough. Ourselves and Cabride, there's never a lot between us. 
Um, Kilbride Behas last year, the championship, they were down to 11 men and the, the, the managed to be his. But I, I think this year, Darren Leonard is down training the footballers and he's an excellent coach. An excellent coach, excellent man manager as well. And the lads are really buying into what he, the systems he's putting in place. And yeah, confident. I won't sound cocky or anything like that, but I'd be confident we get with that group, Shane, to be honest. And looking at the juniors uh, B side of things, you've been drawn in with teams that also have teams playing in in the senior ranks so the the likes of Air Rogue who you're going to meet again Bagnellstown Gales and Rathvilly it just goes to show now that you're participating in in the two disciplines of hurling and football and then getting the numbers then for a second team in football that GA is alive and well in the area yeah we could struggle now the junior B could struggle come championship time we had the numbers for for the league but then obviously when the championship comes around lads are going to be took to the intermediate team which is what it's all about, I suppose, at the end of the day, your top team is what, what you look after. So we will lose lads to that. Um, we have a good few lads after coming through with the minor team last year for the first time in six years. And that was very, very beneficial to the club. I gave them young lads experience, you know, ready for coming through the adult football. Um, there's some of the older lads, uh, the likes of Dahi Byrne and Mark Noll and Richie Sinna, Paul Kelly, John Carwin, them lads. We'll be looking for them lads come championship time again to, to dig us out of a hole like they've done for the last 25 year <laughs> we'll be looking forward to following the journey on the hurling side of things for now anyway Wayne uh, thanks very much yeah. for taking the time to speak with us here on Scoreline I'm aware that you're in Netwatch Cullen Park to, to watch the ladies footballers take on Derry so I don't want to take up too much of your time but uh, love seeing the story love seeing that hurling is coming back into the area and that everyone's enjoying their time thanks a million Shane Thank you very much. Wayne Austin from Kildavin, Clonny Gawley said there that Carlo LGFA are down by two points currently against Derry. So still all to play for as the second half probably started while we were on air. So very much appreciated of Wayne taking his time to have a chat with us there. Now this is KCLR scoreline. It is Shane and Robbie, and we're joined in studio. But maybe a seven-time winner because they've won it seven or six times in the last seven years. That's what I should say. Mr. Jim Cullen, fresh off a uh, well-deserved celebrations, but getting ready to hit another GEA pitch soon. Jim Cullen, along with his teammates, have after capturing another senior football championship. First of all, congratulations, Jim, and thanks for coming into us. Yeah, uh, thanks very much for having us on. Yeah, it's uh, great to be here. Um talking to you I suppose after a win and not a loss it's uh, look we celebrated very well as if it was our first <laughs> as if it was our first and you can probably still hear a small bit of grogginess in the voice there um, just great to get over the line I suppose um, after the old delay of the game and everything and um, yeah tough battle on Friday um, so it was a yeah, very very enjoyable win there now I'm happy to happy to be here talk talking after a victory. Yeah, it didn't kind of always look like that. It was going to be a win though, but two kind of later goals for you secured the title as well. Did you ever have any doubt in your mind, Jim? Uh, there was uh, yeah, slight slight doubt. Maybe I think it was about forty forty four five minutes in. I could see the clock and think Rory Monks had just put over another free to go one eight one six up. Um, but like we we had been behind in games all year. We be honest we hadn't we hadn't really played well all year and in past passages of play we had played played very well but even at half time like we were pint down but I think we'd missed maybe 
two six or two seven. Like we 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 looked like we were in control, and lads just we kind of knew that we'd been in that position before. Even again, Tullerher we were behind at half time and stuff. So just uh, kind of I suppose the resilience and the grit of the lads and the way we've been coached the last couple of years by like Jamie and Mick and that like it's just kind of a never say die attitude. And it's, we're lucky I suppose to be on this run of maybe seven years uh, getting to finals and stuff and. I think it just kind of fed back in from that and we knew that if we could get forward that we could get the scores like yeah, it was a bit of a tense affair we've used uh, different words to describe it maybe off air we mightn't say but a tasty affair do you think that Thomastown being the ones to kind of break the, the the run that you were on in terms of county championships and being probably your biggest rivals over the past few years and the postponement of the game or the cancellation of the game the championship being awarded and then the game actually going ahead do you think that all led into a bit of a tasty affair uh, yeah definitely it definitely did look there was obviously there was words and stuff uh, said on the field and stuff happening and stuff on the field you know but look at the end of the day you know that's just kind of on the field of play for 60-65 minutes like everyone was grand after you know they were over congratulating <laughs> us and we were wishing them well for the year and the hurling and that as well so like it's kind of all in the heat at the moment like we even have like sure we'd know a few of the boys there now the last couple of years and that and um even there's a couple of us have even been coached by uh the Thomastown coach Jim O'Connor there um a few years back with Kilkenny there so um look they had a they, they were well set up I think for us I don't think we were expecting them to be as well set up for us on the day but um look it kind of led to the probably a tasty bit of affair and a few little niggles and maybe missed missed things on refereeing <laughs> lines when sides and stuff when uh, it kind of just got out of hand I think um, look no one got hurt or anything so you know that's that's the main thing and uh, it's um, on, on to maybe next year we might go for the fourth sag in a row maybe we'll see <laughs> and Jim just in terms of the actual year from Mullen Levat obviously you were coming off the back of a provincial championship last year a good run in that ended at the Leinster semi-final but in this year's kind of league and championship you had close games against like some Muckalee Railyard a good league final as well against Tuller I think he only won that by three points obviously a tight county final as well is it good and healthy for you in the sense that historically maybe in Kilkenny sometimes football championships can be one-sided but the fact that there were so many competitive games do you think that's good first of all for football in Kilkenny but also also will stand to you going into another Leinster campaign this year? Yeah I definitely think so um, the standard has gone up like since we won our first one I think we were I think we were about 8 or 10 pints up again railer than the first one say of this of this bunch um back in 2016 and uh, they got back to maybe four or five but inevitably we pulled away and I think won by 12 and the year after then we played Mokalee and I think we won by about 15 or 16 pints and the year after that again and again I think it was a one, one-sided one affair Like so like even the standard has come on and even do you know that's the credit has to go to the likes of Christy Welsh and uh, JJ Grace bringing lads in and Paddy McGonagall bringing lads into Kilkenny set up there around trudging through junior games at the start of the year and intermediate games and senior games and lads are getting more football and more football and that like and I suppose the development with the latter that this ran on if it was played maybe a month ago when we were ready to play and that and I know obviously things didn't go the way and that um, I'd say we probably would have been maybe better suited to play but just the fact that Thomastown actually got another month maybe to um, develop that and you know take a few weeks and kind of look look towards better matchups and better being better prepared for us even though now we have a good few in with Kilkenny and that um, probably did bring on the standard a good bit and, and the ground hardening up and that like it made for kind of a better game than it would be if it was a sloggy affair back a month ago or that so 
yeah definitely the standard has come up there in the last while and I was chatting to your manager Michael Aylward ahead of the game on Friday evening and he had said that you know there's been complaints maybe in the past on how the football season runs but that the way it has been kind of outlined in terms of dates for games and how it's going to run from the start of the season right to the end and obviously there was a bit of a glitch uh, with the final but just generally that helps promote the sport as well doesn't it? Yeah I think so Um, like we've since we kind of took it properly serious back in at the start probably 2016 I suppose we had just went senior hurling um, we were first year back up in 2015 kind of on this kind of spell with this team and uh, then we said at the start of the year in 16 after coming off the back of a good year getting to the hurling semi-final we were going to go back that little bit earlier for the hurling but we just started using it when the, when the dates came out for the football and we just started using it football as a pre-season and that was developing our running game and stuff and that and that and then like just so happened that we had good we good players kind of suppose coming through as well um, a lot of us had won underage football titles that were probably the football was promoted a lot better when we were growing up it's kind of a, make, a good mixed standard like where now it's kind of thrown down at the end of the year and stuff but it's better that we know the structure of the start of the year through and then that we're going to be playing hurling latter, in the latter so we can um, use the football as a kind of fitness but like everyone like it it's not taken for granted down our way like you know it's a, it is, it's a big part of our culture now as you can see the last couple of years You're a good bit away now from another Leinster run like you came off we got great joy out of it in here getting to the semi-finals and, and, and so forth and the win over the Shandunna we were talking to Michael Edward after that game as well and you said you were going to give it everything in, in the game for the semi-final now coming up are you looking to do one better are you looking to do two better win the league because it's, or win the championship because it's it's a good while away now yeah, it's a good while away. Look, we'll probably obviously tools down for the next um, couple of months with the club. Um, there's a good few of us involved with Kilkenny um, in two weeks' time up in Abbottstown in the semi-final against London in the Junior Championship. So a few of us will have a bit of focus on that now, obviously, but the hurling will take precedent kind of after that and through that season for August uh, in the league and then start September for the Championship. Um, look, we'll just see kind of how things go on when we actually pick the football back up back down in Mullivat um, I know I think we're out I think it's the bank holiday after the bank holiday weekend in October so it'll be November look we'd be hoping that we could be hurling up to then as well which would be the senior county final um, mm. that's always in the back of your mind as well every year like so um, that's the ambition for to get to there and that'll obviously bring us on so we don't have to stop training at all and most of the lads are playing both both codes so it's it's good to keep the fitness up that way and it'll just lead into the football then and we'll just have to assess a good complaint if you're in both uh, <laughs> you'll probably have to prioritise one um, but we'll have to just see and assess assess then before the time comes I suppose You mentioned the upcoming game against London and being involved in that how is the preparations going into that when does it start just to give people a perspective on when the football inter-county scene starts for Kilkenny Yeah so I suppose the lads have been working in the background since I suppose February they started to kind of get their list obviously we had the team from last year everyone is eligible again it's not like um, you lose your uh, eligibility to play so with a few lads gone away um, Kieran Wallace went away and uh, Paul Murphy stepped away then as well and um, one or two others I think uh, gone abroad and stuff as well so I can't think off the top of my head now but uh, yeah, uh, David O'Carroll I think and uh, David Griffin are away as well so they uh, they pulled away from the squad but um majority of the same panel but the lads I suppose started around yeah middle of February when the game started they were building a panel I suppose again and we went back training the end of April 
so it's about maybe a 13 week period I suppose to get to the the game the semi-final uh, but it's a very congested thing then like you play on the Friday night back out to Sunday win and you're back out to Sunday yeah, before the All-Ireland semi-final um, which looking like going to be the dubs and Derry <laughs> and, and Derry there now <laughs> Um, so yeah but like it's very congested even last year like we picked up a couple of niggles in the semi-final but look we were lucky we were able to get in and use the facilities in Nolan Park and physios and masseuse in there on the Saturday like we spent most of the day kind of getting them right in that like and getting prepared like so we were lucky that we were still able to field a similar team to the Friday night like um, but the preparations have been going going pretty well there and you also have a uh, big game tonight Jim Junior A Hurling final down Dunmore you ever take a break Jim uh, I don't <laughs> uh, you're, at the, you're at the Camogie yesterday as well yeah the fiance's out in the car now she's probably going mad that I'm away so so much And uh, he's in uh, there now doing a radio yes. interview and all yeah yeah. she's uh, I know she's good that way she, she doesn't really mind thank, thankfully um, I was in to watch her yesterday anyway, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the excuse for being up there but um, no look it just kind of I suppose when I, I got regretted there a few years back and um, just haven't really got a chance to get back in the goal it's a hard place to play but uh, look we're happy to be in the Junior A final um, I would I would love to only be playing senior hurling and just playing football and that but look if the grades are there um, I'll play them it doesn't really bother me I could play whatever it doesn't bother me at all like. Class well you sound like you have a very busy schedule lined up as well like what's the training like under, under Christy? Uh, it's good yeah like so Christy is obviously he's the manager he does most of the overseeing and setting up like and he just sits back and watches the football then like and JJ does most of the training but like mm. like Christy's uh, he's so affectionate and uh, affectionate at half time and, and before game and pre game and stuff like you know he has his little snippets like where you know he just yeah everyone is you could hear a pin drop like you know because he, he's been through with himself like even playing in big games and been to the well with the likes of he, I think he took Mocha Lee to his yeah, senior final in 07 yeah. and then he went in all Ireland with the bridge and stuff as well and like he's been on the circle with the football as well like he knows he knows footballers now like with like the back of his hand obviously with his uh, background from Kerry as well like so yeah he's uh, no he's very good as well New York who were competing in that championship we've seen them recently in London as well go, going up against Carlo because we're covering a lot of the Carlo football stuff uh, also and of course with the talks of New York and London and so forth the Charlton Cup springs to mind is something that we post to Christy as well how far off do you think a Kilkenny team is from making that a reality would you like to see it yourself uh, yeah I definitely would I was only talking to one of the lads the other day about it and we were watching the semis last weekend um, look I don't, I don't I think it would take a lot I think you'd kind of have to be not full time at it but you, you definitely would like say when this season is over you might want to go back and maybe just go full full throttle for maybe maybe about a year and a half I think to get to that start of it and you'd have to play in the league you'd have to go back into the league like I played in the league for three or four years back there I came out when I came out minor uh, I played three years minor and then I went straight into the senior squad with the the footballer so I think I got about three seasons before kind of disbanded and um, there were some competitive games there were some very bad games you know like took a few beatings on the road and stuff you know but like you know like everyone is in there to do their best like and but I don't think it's going to get any better unless you like the time is actually put into it properly and I do think it would take a spell of maybe 18 months and that would mean like even the likes of you know our best players the likes of Michael Malone and that like they'd probably have the tools down on the hurling like just mm. concentrate solely on football like that's how 
other teams are going so well like you know it's it's hard when Hurling is number one I suppose as you know in Kilkenny and that like um, it's tough but like I would like to see it but again I think it would take a lot a lot of uh, hard work Because Robbie we give out quite a bit in regards to say when we were talking to Liam Griffin and Hurling been outside the top 10 sports played in Ireland and we're going why aren't other counties doing it but it's kind of a reflection I was on Kilkenny when it comes to the football in a sense and then you have footballers out there they're winning all Ireland finals up in Crow Park giving us great days Mullinavac giving us a great length to run to be able to enjoy and stuff so you know it'd be lovely to see over the next few years whatever the plan is for football yeah I think so and do you think do you think there's um, an appetite there Jim for it to happen or do you think it would take some sort of a structure to harness that appetite if it was there um, I think it would take some sort of structure to definitely harness it um, I thought there was one being built there a few years back um, when DJ and them took the uh, minors for or was under 14s at stage and built them up to minors I thought there was going to be like a, a stepping stone put in place there and it looked to be like something and then I can't see any of them I think Vinny um, O'Grady is the only one that transitioned through to the senior panel I think yeah. correct me if I'm wrong now I don't, I'm not, not 100% sure but I think he's the only one off that panel that actually transitioned through to the um, senior team um, of them of that grade like of playing for the three years and that like and they looked to be somewhat competitive because they had been training kind of fly out and stuff and doing the right thing like it was like a develop run like a development squad like they're doing the hurling and that and they were getting good good games and maybe there was more onus on it then I suppose with the bit of popularity around the management there I suppose as well so I do think it will take a, a big structure though like you can see underage games are kind of just thrown off to the yeah. wayside now yeah. I suppose as well yeah. kind of thing like like I said though but like, we were lucky enough to have played so much when we were younger like that's off the basis of the kind of team that we have now like so that's probably why we're so successful at the moment anyway like mightn't happen in years to come like because mm. I don't even see we don't have much underage playing at the moment but that's just down to the way it's been ran I think all over the county well, Jim, thanks very much for coming in and speaking with us as well I know that you have the final to prepare for thanks for putting uh, any aggression that you may have towards Robbie for all the slagging that he's done on Mun Levat last year uh, aside and being very professional about the whole thing but uh, yeah best of luck tonight congratulations on the win on Friday and thanks very much for coming in to speak with us yeah thanks for having us lads absolute gentlemen Jim Cullen there on Mun Levat's championship victory Kilkenny's hopeful All-Ireland victory and maybe an All-Junior victory for himself tonight we're going to take a quick outbreak there lots more still to come here on Scoreline You're very welcome back to Scoreline. It is myself, Shane O'Keefe, with you until six o'clock. Now, I've been joined in studio by a man who has joined by on the sideline in the last time we met, Mr. Joe Webster from Tolerone Soccer Club. Joe, how are you, sir? Not too bad, Shane, yourself. Thanks very much for coming in. So a lot of the time, we don't get to actually speak to people in person, so no. it's... We, we do we be arguing on the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe, Tolerone, new season's coming up. Uh, fairly good season last season there's promotion there now and uh, you're looking to kind of extend things get a bit be- get a bit better get more players yeah. in you're on a bit of a recruitment drive yeah but it's the same as probably every club out there at the minute um, new blood um, number one it keeps the players there on their toes that their positions are not guaranteed yeah number two this, that new face in the dressing room might bring a different atmosphere different skill different something you know what I mean like that well, as I said, every probably club out there is probably looking for one or two different players just to come in and add different aspects of whether it be a squad player, first team member, just something different to the 
you know? Yeah, there's a lot more to a club than just what happens between those white lines in 90 minutes as well. You have the training aspect, but you also have the social aspect of it. Yeah, well, we'd be very big on the social aspect. I find if you have a team that click and get on with each other, they'll fight for each other on the field, they'll fight for each other off the field, and they'll get on. Like, if, if you have... Look, I probably played a good few years. I'd probably involved in one team before. I didn't know my left back from my right back only to pass him the ball in his name. <laughs> Whereas if you were out drinking with him two nights before, you you get to, when, that personal aspect is a big thing. I think. I so you you probably find the same. In- yeah, we we've had lads come to Castle Warren from different clubs as well, and you know you go out, you celebrate a win, you commiserate a loss, but you still all do it together. And they said, oh, I've never had that at a previous team before. So it, like the social aspect is a, is a huge part of all kind of you know junior soccer teams. I would imagine. Um, in terms of Tullerone though, you're you're competing quite heavily with the GAA out there uh, in Tullerone having an illustrious career within hurling circles uh, obviously our Ireland champions what two three years ago um, how do you find being able to compete with the GAA in terms of crossover of games or getting lads that are interested in both and then having to commit to one uh, truthfully we got on very well with the GAA out there yeah I, you can tell as well with the pitch and stuff you're right beside each other yeah um, like if if we had a big important game or they had a big important game we come and we talk to each other there's never like John Connolly is easy to go with and the rest of them you know you, it's grand the only I'd love a, bit, a few more Tullerone players to come and join us and see what we're about yeah. but you said the truth though like it's like Kenny Tullerone it's hurling is bred it's you're literally you nearly wake you're nearly born with a hurley you can say in your hand out there you know yeah. what I mean but look I said we work up really well I said the two feet are literally beside each other um, it's grand. I just as if we had a couple of more Tullerone players, it would be, and I can understand because with the hurlers, I'd love a couple of more to come across. But I do understand they've got a lot of commitment to the hurling as well. Naturally, yeah. Which is, you have to give them their due. You know what I mean? Because I do think they'll do all right this year. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it. With those Welches there, um. Ourselves, Castle Warren, competing, not competing, but we have a lot of lads that would be playing with uh, Clara, a lot of lads that actually play with the village because we play all our games in the watershed, so it's mm. quite handy being in Lockboy, so Brian Cody in there with the village as well. <laughs> if Good you want to play under Brian Cody or play under myself, I'd, I'd probably play under Brian Cody. Anyway. I'd go under you, you, you'd be a lot easier to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's interesting that you say, are you, so you're getting lads from outside Tolerone quite a bit. Yeah, see, ah, look, I was involved uh, with a couple of different clubs down through the years, so it wasn't too, and look, I played for Freshford down through the years, so it wasn't too bad that a lot of the lads that are playing, when they kind of started, they kind of started with me. Yeah. So now they're, they're what, 23, 24, they're at a good age. But it's, yeah, again, it's probably the same as yourselves that um, I know a lad, you might know a lad. Who knows a lad, who, who knows, knows a, a lad, lad. That all he wants to do is kick around the ball, next minute he comes down, Next minute he's enjoying it. Next minute all of a sudden, hey, I might know a lad that'll come and, you know, kick around and have a bit of fun too. But I do believe though, um, the fun aspect in any sport is key. You have the fun aspect, lads, they're all, oh, oh, I'm not going to train tonight because he's going to run the you know, out with me. Yeah. But if you have the fun aspect in it and do different types of drills and stuff like that, number one, they're going to get fit without even knowing it. Yeah. Two, they're having fun. 
and three to can't wait to go to the next time. And they're being competitive then as well. Because yes. Tullerone were competitive this season. You brought it all the way down to the last game of the season uh, for for the second spot. You went down to the last two games of the season to actually win the league. We contested a cup final against each other as well. So there's the possibility of silverware when you're joining the likes of a Tullerone. Yeah, we, like the last couple of years, we won Division 3. We won the Division 3 Cup. We got bet in the Division 3 Cup final. And you bet is in a cup final last year. And we finished third, which probably we only being promoted you kind of look at promote a team up to a new division you're kind of going if we stay in it or not good relegation battle we'll be doing well mm. but I do think though if you have the right mentality and the right players there they're capable of doing anything at any day you only had like two losses I think in the league all season is it? three, three. I don't, well we'll go at two I don't count the last one because that was like <laughs> Evergreen slash ABC so I don't cast that one that one you know yourself now on that one yeah. <laughs> well I, I do want to say as well with the the whole Evergreen debate that was uh, been banded about by clubs like they did nothing wrong in terms of what no. the actual league structure I is I the same thing I'm sure you would have done yeah, the same thing so they like you know Evergreen deserve winners of the uh, of Division 2 Davy Roach scored a, a pocket full of goals I think a top goal scorer with 25 so congratulations did, did to Davy I think he got 25 yeah. Handle, yeah no he's very hard very he's hard, hard. Uh, I think he's retired and hanging up his boots we've had and Davy in with his he played for Tullerone for a few years too yeah, I know he did yeah, yeah. Uh, so we had him in here with Devin Functious the NFL star there not so long ago he's doing tremendous works down in Roach Injury Clinic so yeah you had the chance of winning silver with Tullerone you had the chance of the great kind of social aspect of football so with plans for Division 1 now next season you did mention you were just coming up from Division 3 got promoted now in Division 1 like what's the plans I know you were probably going in don't get relegated from Division 2 but that's not surely can't be your thinking going into Division 1 this year I believe 11 v 11 on any given day can, can be any team. It's just if you're set up structurally sound, um, you have belief and you have little things like that, it does make a difference. Now, unfortunately, when we played in the cup final, it's probably the worst 45 minutes first half that we probably played. And the second half was our worst 45 <laughs> minutes watching you come back into the game. Um, but it, you know what I mean? Like, it just get men, have, as I said, you give them good chat and next minute they're out there, they give you everything. And that's all you can ask of any player that goes on that field. If he gives you everything, even if it's only 20 minutes or half an hour. Like, look enough, we do have five subs. So if he can give you 30 minutes of his best, somebody else is going to go in and do every bit as well, which uh, makes a big difference. Paul has been in touch with us. He said, well, Shane, just wanted to say, fair play to Joe. He has great commitment, and I have to say it because we're related. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's Paul feeling there, if you're related oh, to Paul. I am Paul, Paul from Freshford. <laughs> gentleman, gentleman. Good dart player too. Good good dart. Back and a bowler as well, by all yeah. accounts. Um, you have a big fundraiser now coming up. In, out in Tullerone? Yeah. Um, originally, um, it was going to be in Shawnee's uh, Bar. Shawnee's Bar, yeah. So, the ticket sales actually went fairly well. So, it worked out that Michael Laney actually approached us and said, look, I'm selling a good few tickets here for the Tumbling Paddies. So, he said, look, is there any chance if I sell too many, can I put it somewhere? So, we sat down, we had a chat with him. We said, yeah. So, we're going to put the Tumbling Paddies on the soccer field on Friday the 18th of August. Now, tickets are going fairly rapid, so I advise people get their tickets because, look, they're probably the hottest young band, yeah. trad band out there at the minute. Where can they get them? Uh, you can get them in Shawnee's Bar, have them up there in Delaney's shop, and you have them in, he has them sent on to me here now. So out in Tullerone, basically, in the in, in the area, is it? Yeah, you've got them on booking.ie and Eventbrite. Eventbrite, well. yeah. Yeah, as well. So, look, I think they're only about 25, 26 years old. Look, Realistically, you wouldn't get a whole lot for that anymore, and you get a good night's entertainment too. And there's Abbey folk on before him as well, so you get 
you know, and it's not too bad. And you're and you're raising as well for for, for the sport, as well, yeah. 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 So it's it's kind of it's good for the community, is the best way to put it. Well, the, the the facilities that you have out there are unbelievable. Like mm. in someone who's coming from a club that don't have their own pitch, you have your own pitch, you have, there's a handball alley out there, you have yes. the GEA pitches out there, you have the walking track out there, beautiful dressing rooms as well. Mm. We love playing pre-season friendlies against you as well. Lads always feel welcome. I believe you skivered us last season. I had a lot of blisters on my feet after the game. <laughs> but, uh, that was an early season. But look, we're lucky enough to enter on. Look, you have a development committee there as well. They're putting a massive amount of work, right? Yeah. The GEA putting a massive amount of work too. Vinny Guthrie there does the athletics there as well. And Vinny, look, is involved with the Tullerone Martin. He's also involved with the mid, is it the mid-mile or the mid... or Medieval one. Medieval ones. We steward for that one, for the yeah. soccer as well for him. So, like, there's a, a, so many... A community out there is the best way to put it. That lads all pull together and they help each other out. Brilliant. So, it's just, just not one club in, in that. It's just everybody, as I said, they work well together. And there's no... I know lads say, oh, sure, soccer and GA don't get along or this doesn't get along with that. But it seems I'd love to argue, out there. I'd love to argue with that one and sit down with anyone and say, look, come out, look at us. It's, it works. It's for the betterment of Tolerone. Yeah, it, it's community. It's not just for soccer or hurling or athletics. Handball. Or like that. Handball. It's for everybody, mm. which makes it a big, big thing. You know, and I find that if everybody pulls together, it makes a massive difference. Mm. Like, I'll be honest like, I'm not originally a Tullerone man right? I just live barely outside of Paris and, and the Arlingford side when I went up there first I thought look I knew the few of the hurlers and everything like that I thought we might have a butt head never butt head once mm. and I'm probably up there five six years brilliant which makes look it makes my job easier it makes their job easier too but look if you are from Tullerone or anywhere about and you fancy look you know what I mean a new adventure look even with us try Castlebourne if you want to play soccer find out your local club is the best way I'm going to describe it to you and go down give it a try yeah and it looks like there's going to be a lot of games as well next season because of the amalgamation from four leagues to three there's a big AGM happening on the 6th of July with the Kilkenny and District League of course this committee are in their first tenure as well a lot of teething problems a lot of stuff they seem to have got right uh, how have you felt it's gone have you put any motions yourself in regards to that no, we haven't put any motions forward, but I, I'd see, look, the war true underneath the bus. There's no problem saying that. Like, nobody expected other committees to actually fold. Mm. Right? And when they folded, fair play to I have the utmost respect for them stepping in and doing what they did. Um, there is probably a couple of teething problems, as you said, that they probably could work on. But look, it, it's the same as everything. It's progress. Like, nobody's going to go into the job on their first day or second day or third day and be the best at it. Mm. Like, there might have been soccer men that went in there, but it's completely different than being a soccer man than keeping the show going. Yeah. It's, but I do think a couple of emotions, I do think that's, the reason why I kept all third division was because you could play in the Leinster plate or cup or something yeah, like yeah. that. But realistically, there was only two or three teams ever played in it anyway. So I do think it's a good, we get, number one, we get more games. Yeah. Because they did have to put up the fees, remember? Mm. So now you're going to get more games for your, your book is the best way to put it. Mm. And especially, I know it was the old committee that brought it in, but the, the Shield, like we got to contest a, a final for the yeah. inaugural Shield as well. It'd be interesting to see what's going to happen with that now next season. I think they should go to one and two. Yeah. Well, I have to give credit to John Conroy for suggesting that. Now. Yeah, from St. John's. Yeah. Uh, Sean O'Connor uh, managed me at Vitesse Barna. No way. Yeah, and Shawnee, now, if you ever came across a blunt manager, Shawnee would tell you if you were good, bad or indifferent. But I had great <laughs> respect for Shawnee. He managed me for about three or four years there and he just soccer mad. Celtic out, just he knew his stuff. But if you're having a bad game, he was telling you you're having a bad game. If you're having a great game, 
you're the best lads in sliced bread. <laughs> but he had no problem telling you that. But look, he was, he was a gentleman. An yeah. absolute... That's why he was hoping to win that one. But look, these things happen. It's not the end of the world. Mm, well, always next season if it, if it yeah. stays around as well. Um, so the AJB is happening on July 8th. I'll be going to it myself. I'll be looking forward to seeing what motions uh, other clubs have been put forward for it, uh, seeing what change is going to come in the league. And, you know, the KDL committee this year have done the best that they could. But... Once again, fundraiser now in August. You have the Tumbling Paddies coming out to the Tullerone soccer pitch. You're looking for new players as well. Will you be going around with a sign-up sheet now at, at the gig? Ah, uh, yeah. Just go uh, in you go there, lads, and just there you go. <laughs> sign that. Don't worry about it. That's yeah, a waiver. Don't worry yeah, about it. You're congratulately <laughs> obligated to play seven games for us at least next season. Well, Joe, thanks very much for coming into us there today. Um, once again, you can get those tickets out in the Tullerone environment in, in, yeah, in Shawnee's um, Bar. I think Eventbrite as well as you were yeah, saying Eventbrite so. is the, probably the, the best way to even get them um, look it's a good a good event Tumbling Paddies are probably the, they're, they're really hot at the minute they're look they're pulling out songs there and everybody seems to, to go to them you know but uh, look it, 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 it works. it's a good night out in August a Friday night like most people don't do a whole lot on a Friday night anyway do they really we'll try and arrange a pre-season friendly with you for the Saturday so. no, no problem <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll keep on the paddies and hear your half time entertainment like the Super Bowl <laughs> deadly Joe thanks very much for coming yeah. in today Joe Webster there uh, manager of Tolerone Football Club I, I say football I have to say football because we've been talking all things GEA but I have to say soccer really you know and I don't like saying that it hurts my soul but you can go and check them out on social media if you want to sign up or if you want information on those tickets to the tumbling paddies now there's lots more still to come here on scoreline do not go anywhere Joining me now on the line is Irish wrestler JB fighting out of Fight Factory Pro Wrestling he's with OTT as well JB thanks very much for joining me sir Shane, you're very welcome. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. I'm delighted to be able to talk about wrestling, as you may have just heard there, but I really want to get into the crux of the situation because Fight Factory Pro Wrestling, which is a gym that you're emanating out of, have so many yeah. stalwarts representing the country in Money in the Bank, WWE's big event over in England tonight. Oh, absolutely. And even just this week, Lyra Valkyrie appearing in front of sold out 13,000 people in Dublin. Like, that's straight out of Five Factory Gym. You would have seen that just less than two years ago, straight in our gym. So we're obviously producing the best talent in the world. Yeah, with the gym has showed up in countless WWE documentaries and just the name, some of the names, Finn Balor, Becky Lynch, as you so rightly stated, Lyra Valkyrie, Jordan Devlin have passed through that doors as well, but many more going through huge companies within the the world LJ Cleary was seen on AEW so like what is it about Fight Factory that seems to be producing this top talent um, we just have endeavour we just have a will to get better every time we train um, there's a hunger in the gym we're a group of young uh, guys and girls that love wrestling that want to be better than each other each time we train and we instill that in new trainees as well so like if you want to train and genuinely get better, Five Factory is a place to go to do it. And you're talking about new trainees, and I've spoke about this in regards to, say, the likes of hurling down in these parts. When you see these people going out and excelling in their field of sport, you want to emanate that in, in certain ways. And there seems to be a massive groundswell 
now of new talent coming through the Irish wrestling scene because of the success of the names that I've mentioned and of course Seamus formerly Seamus O'Shaughnessy I've seen him wrestle down the Ormond Hotel here in Kilkenny back in 2006 to see your fellow country people but able to excel on the highest grandest stage of them all Oh, absolutely, sure. I still remember the first time I saw Seamus in the WWE ring thinking, how in God's name has an Irish person learned how to do this? You know, but it is. It's readily available for anybody that actually is interested or actually wants to do it. Reach out. We're very accessible. Not only us, but all schools around Ireland are actually very accessible, very open. And where we're lucky to have a plethora of great trainers all around the, all around the country. Like, there's a reason when we travel, that people take note. There's a reason why the likes of Jordan Devlin is on TV at the moment. There's a reason why Lyra Valkyria performed for the 13,000 people. You know, we produce great talent and we know what we're doing and we know how to train people. And you're talk, talk, the crux. talking about some of those trainers as well. Phil Boyd, who has been over in Japan before. You have Casey Harvey, who we speaks previously here. Uh, Justy, I believe, is a trainer. And then LJ Cleary, who I just mentioned. They're... There's people who really understood what the Irish wrestling scene needs to be because they've been there since the start, most of them. Yeah, and I think that that's it. They're like the crux of what we have now was the crux of what was instilled in them from the likes of Finn Balor, who got his from like Hammerlock UK. You know, we've just we're just literally transferring it down. And then, like you mentioned, great coaches, people like LJ Clear, who were able to look at modern wrestling and recognize oh, this needs to change, but doesn't keep that to himself and shares it with the class because LJ kind of understands, like, if he makes us better, iron sharpens iron. So LJ, when he wrestles us, he's going to get better. You know, and then look at where that's gotten him. And the same with Phil, you know, like, when you go back to it, everybody just gets better and better. It's not just you get to a certain level and then you kind of start coaching. No, you get to a certain level and then you keep getting better and you keep getting better because you're making the people underneath you better. And I think, like you said, kind of in any form of sport, that's how you excel. Uh, I remember LJ when I went up to the Fight Factory Pro Wrestling Gym in Bray many years ago, I think 2015. He was a young, sprightly 16-year-old, but you could see the determination there and you can see the determination on the faces of a lot of people who are performing for these Fight Factory shows that are going once a month, yourself being included in that as well. The amount of talent that are passing through the door, there's only limited space for a lot of you to get time. How from your own perspective, are you trying to make yourself stand out from the pack because there seems to be so many people invested in this at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. But I think one of the, this is kind of going in a deep dive is you, when you, you'll get to a certain level where like you're learning by not just being in the ring, by looking what other people are doing and listening to the feedback other people are getting. You know, if you can open up your eyes and ears, you know, you will get fantastically good at what you do I'm sure uh, I'm sure Cristiano Ronaldo's teammates don't just worry about what they're doing but they watch him on the football field you know what I mean by watching others and by keeping your ears open you will get better because you'll instill that in your own with the training now that is happening uh, Fight Factory have moved locations from Bray I think you're in uh, inner city Dublin at the moment yeah, it, it, road, yeah. Is, it, is it accessible to people outside the countries uh, we know like maybe a bus or a train it's a lot of travel but I've previously spoken to say Clayton Long who's a Carlo native and I know the, yeah. the ultra star Angel Cruz emanates from Carlo as well but are you finding many people are coming from different parts of Ireland to play their trades start off with Fight Factory 
Oh, of course. We've got a young lad here. He's, she travels in from Tipperary. Um, right. Debbie Keitel, uh, when she first started training, she came in from Galway all the time. Uh, yeah, we've, there's even not just in five factory but other schools, people travel because we're very central. We're literally a five, no, maybe a, okay, that's a maybe a ten minute walk at a push from Connolly Station. You know, we're very central. We're very accessible. Like even the air coach, we're very close to the air coach for hmm. anybody that wants to come in from and train from abroad. You know, we're actually yeah, we're very accessible. We're very open. Like I said, when you come to five factory pro wrestling the door will be open to you you'll be welcome to join in there's absolutely no seclusion whatsoever you're joining and to take part in whatever you feel comfortable in and all we ask is that when you go there you just have a great time with that you respect what you're the the coaches in front of you you respect what they're saying and uh, you just give it everything you can it's great that you're saying that because it can be quite done for anybody tonight going to a wrestling gym but any gym for the first time you know you don't really know what you're doing you're kind of going in there hopeful that you're able to do something but you're not going to be as good as say the other guy over in the other corner so it is obviously important to have that welcoming inclusion involved in it and I know that Fight Factory Pro Wrestling champion wrestling with the squad so of, of people of yeah. uh, different orientations or anything like that can feel comfortable in a safe environment that's, that's of course that's absolutely right and I've, we've actually started to see people within that squad training kind of not only start to get on shows but branch out into other form of training now as well you know it's absolutely like comfort is kind of key you, you won't come back or you won't enjoy what you're doing and I'm I'm personally of the philosophy that you can't get truly good at something unless you enjoy and love what you're doing. Um, we're trying to facilitate that to open it up to other people because God knows down the years how many great talents have we missed because there was something that they didn't feel comfortable in. You know what I mean? So we're try- we do. We try to instill that, that everybody is welcome. All levels are kind of welcome. And everybody will get better at their own pace. You know what I mean? Some people will get like shoot to the top in in absolutely no time at all. Some people it might take them a little bit longer. It took me a while to start to get good, but I'm in a position now where I'm starting to when I go to train and I'm actually just starting to excel on something there where I've got a really good foundation. Um, but then when I see somebody that's struggling, I'm going to be the first person, or I'm going to be one of the first people. If I find you tired, we're all very kind of helpful to kind of pick that person out and say, "Here, do you want to try to do that on me? I can show you how it's done." You know, we just because, like I said, you want everybody to be good because when you're in the ring with them, they're going to make you good, and you're going to make them look good, and then everybody's just going to have a great time with the show. Speaking of shows, Money in the Bank tonight, Finn Balor, uh, former Prince David, he's going to be competing for a World Heavyweight Championship against Seth Rollins, who is married to Irish superstar Becky Lynch. To get to that stage, you must be acutely aware of the amount of steps that it takes to be able to headline an event in Wembley over in the UK and, of course, all across the world. So what are the stages like here? Obviously, training and then... Is is there enough shows to go around with in Ireland? I think if you go looking, there definitely is. You know what I mean? If you wanted to, you could eat, you could work every single weekend of the month. I'd I'd be very surprised if you couldn't. You know, there are companies not only within Dublin, but we obviously know of like OTT and Five Factory, two very prevalent companies in Dublin that will run at least once a month each. And um, but then when you go down to Cork, there's a couple. Of, there's a promotion in Cork or CW. They run very regularly. You've got Hard Knocks in Limerick. Uh, you've got the likes of uh, Titanic in Belfast, and then there's a plethora of other smaller companies again dotted all around where people can go and get reps if you want to look 
for wrestling. No matter where you are, no matter where you're located, I'm sure in Kilkenny, if you uh, if you keep your eyes over the next few months, there will be some form of accessible wrestling. So, and there will be other places there for no matter what your level is. But to get a few reps in, to get some training, and to try something, see does it work? How does how do you know if it works? Did a crowd like it? Because that's at the end of the day all you're looking to do is make that crowd happy. Like I'm involved in comedy, so it kind of rings through to out most forms of entertainment is is just making that response come from a crowd whether it be good or bad but as I mentioned exactly. I seen Seamus O'Shaughnessy in the Ormond Hotel in 2006 a lot of people from Kilkenny and Carroll may have gone up to the 3 Arena where they've seen Lyra they've seen the likes of Seamus and so forth even the 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 American superstars in, in the form of the Usos and the Canadians in the form of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens these are names that people all know but they all start somewhere like Fight Factory Pro Wrestling. Absolutely. So these shows are just on people's doorsteps and you could see the next... JB could be the next Money in the Bank winner. Oh, no, it's got to down the days. <laughs> I'm, already, I'm already sprinting up ladders at home waiting for a moment. Um, but not only that, but when you go to CDs, they don't expect low level. We're extremely proficient at what we do. We, are, we, do, we know how to put on a show. Um, and believe me, if you go to a Fight Factory show, you're going to leave that show and you're, with a, a big smile on your face, like with your mates who may not even know anything about wrestling. Bring them along. It's BYOB. It's a cheap ticket. You'll be probably out by 10, half 10 even, and you can go into town on your merry way. But what a great way to start a Friday. Everybody be in a great mood because believe us, we know how to put on a show. Yeah, or you can even catch your bus back to Kilkenny or Carlo as well. Well, exactly. J- JB, I hope that we're going to see Fight Factory Pro Wrestling down the southeast. Sometimes we get squeezed out in, in terms of shows coming this way every now and again, maybe every couple of years. So we're delighted to be able to have you and get you in the show on person. And we're looking forward to seeing all this Irish superstars excel in Money in the Bank tonight. Absolutely, and we actually have a show in Longford, so we are starting to uh, branch out into other parts of the country. So do keep an eye out to see for Five Factory Pro Wrestling, FFPW on Twitter, uh, FFPW Ireland. You will keep an eye out. We will be doing a lot more shows, and make sure you come along and get yourself a ticket because you're going to have a great time. Same with watching tonight, Money in the Bank. Watch out for Finn Balor, watch out for Becky Lynch, watch out for Jordan Devlin if he's there. Great Irish talent on show. JB, you couldn't have put it better myself. Thank you very much for joining us here on Scoreline. Okay. Thank you very much. Have a lovely day, Shane. The next Irish wrestling superstar, JB, talking to us here on Scoreline. As I said, delighted to always talk about wrestling. Money in the Bank tonight at 8 o'clock. You'll be able to see the likes of Finn Balor, Becky Lynch, Jordan Devlin, who's going by JD McDonough now. And you never know, Seamus, Lyra Valkyra, they could all be showing up too, but... The next Irish superstar could be showing up on your doorstep. Go check out Fight Factory Pro Wrestling if you want to see a show or if you indeed want to get involved in training. I can attest to the fact that they are 100% accommodatable, friendly, and you get to learn your craft. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. It's a hard craft. We're going to take a quick ad break there. Don't go anywhere. I've been Shane O'Keefe. That's been Scoreline Extra. You can listen to the show live from 2 to 6 with myself and Robbie Dowlin every weekend. You can also get warmed up for all the sporting action on Friday with Robbie from 6 to 7 on KCLR. And you'll have a bit of a warm down with Martin Quilty on full time from 6 to 7 on Monday. For now though, I've been Shane O'Keefe. Stay safe, stay sane and remember, you're sound out.